0: Log Talk Radio. Mm
1: Anunnaki, their earth, will never be the same
2: again. And at that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation,
1: even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the ear shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt.
3: Loud.
1: You really seem to hear It's a minute before you die It's turning black Can you hear me? Words from the Mount of Olives The owls of Bathos too Tell all about your future yeah, You are the ones he's speaking to I'm blinded by this world, you can see what is the obvious, turning towards the final eye. Man does what he thinks is right In his own eyes Ignore the truth Leaders talk about Future war It's now just to push away Judgment is about to on man Only the just Can stand the day Men led by evil spirits That come from the other side Lead It's all written in His Holy Word. the lost, time to waste, run to the cross, strike old lies, of age. Feels too ought to believe, pray to the future for the lust, blinding by sin, they call you to join them, they to the order, that Satan has designed, men getting ready to sell their soul for a chance to receive his farm.
2: Heavenly Father, we praise your name, Lord God, and we thank you. We thank you again. Father, I pray that you will forgive me. Forgive me for my human weakness and frailty, for getting frustrated with the situations that are at hand. Because, as you know, it's very difficult to continue onward. I think a lot of the saints are very, very worn out. I think that you have spoken this through your servants to prophets for a long time. And uh, indeed, your servants, Lord, are absolutely burned out. But that's okay, we're going to keep on going, we will not give up, we are steadfast, and we will continue to praise you through each one of these hills and valleys uh, that are a part of our life, a part of our existence, as we continue forward in hope, and continue to hope that that day will uh, soon be, you know, soon come upon us, that that day that will take us away from this place of incredible darkness, uh, will be overcome by your glorious light. And, um, Father, we we admit we don't know. Uh, And I just praise you, Lord, because you have placed it so strongly upon my heart over these last 12 years through the lessons that have been learned to always, you know, hedge the words that I say, hedge the bet uh, by helping people to understand that you call audibles, that these things are not written in stone, uh, that we can get all kinds of supernatural confirmations, but it doesn't mean that this is the hour or this is the season, you know, it can be It can be either or, it can be both, or it can be neither. And um, we just praise you, Lord, because you're the only one at all that uh, knows when the fullness of the Gentiles will have been brought in. Uh, it's not, I believe with all of my heart, it's not a mathematical equation. It's not something associated with the math uh, of Israel's birth. It's not something that's been written in people's books through their own uh, calculations. But it is when you decide that the time is ready, just like the the Hebrew, the ancient Hebrew wedding ceremonies, and how you, the the father of the son, the bridegroom would make the decision when the the rooms were ready, when it was time for the son to go out and get the bride, and at midnight that midnight shout would come, and the bride would excitedly, while she was waiting for an indefinite period of time, having no idea when the when the bridegroom would come, she was at the ready. And she heard that shout, and she came running. And that time was when you said, "Father." And we know that that time is going to be only when you say. And we pray that you will continue to keep our hearts and our minds calm. That you will help us to be okay with our lots in lives. Uh, that you know that we won't get discouraged. That will you know when when we do go through a period of discouragement or depression or whatever emotion that we may be. Um, immersed in at any given time, that, that you'll help to pull us through that? And we will we will be just like it says in isaiah 40, uh, forty forty thirty one those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength, they will mount up with wings of eagles, they will run not be weary, they will walk and not faint, and Father, we need that outpouring of your anointing upon each of us, Father, God, your holy fire to swirl around us in the midst of a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit, any demons of darkness that set their wills against us or any demons of darkness that allow these spirits in enter through their territory to come against us to be burned by the holy fire of God in the mighty name of Jesus and War your angels, to descend upon them and to strike them deaf, blind, and dumb, cast them into the pit, and to weld the pit shut with your holy fire in Jesus' name, and to permeate the pit with your fire, burning them in the screaming agony, making a public spectacle of them in the name of Jesus, in accordance with Colossians 2:15. Hallelujah. We plead the blood of Jesus upon that pit, for only the Lamb of God can break those seals. And we thank you, Jesus, for being a part of our lives. May we continue to sing songs to you. May we continue to stand strong. May we continue to uh, endure the the incredible disappointments that are associated with this walk uh, and recognize the, inc- the powerful blessings that you have bestowed upon us uh, that are double-edged swords uh, and, and make us very excited and keeps us at the ready, but at the same time also humbles us continuously to recognize that the perfect timing is your timing. And until then... We serve you. We praise you, Father, for giving us that strength. We thank you for the renewing power of the Holy Spirit upon each of our lives. And we pray in Jesus' name that we will continue to watch very carefully. Because we see the world crumbling around us. We just never imagined in a gazillion years that it would crumble so slowly. But you are a merciful, Father. We praise you for your mercy. It does endure forever. And without us, most likely none of us would even be here now. And, oh, Lord, please forgive those who have fallen away from that understanding that you have given us. Please forgive those, Father God, who were awake and aware. They were at the ready maybe five years ago, eight years ago, but they became horribly discouraged, just like many of us have. Father, we pray your divine and incredible forgiveness upon each of our fellow brothers and sisters that were awake and aware standing guard at the helm, watchmen, watching for every uh, imaginable event in the world to indicate that Jesus was imminently coming for the bride. But, Father, many of them have slipped back into their old ways. Maybe not as bad as they used to be, but they're not where they were. And we ask you, Father, in Jesus' name to forgive them. Just forgive them. Father, pour out a golden cup of forgiveness upon all of our fellow brothers and sisters. And Father, also, I want to praise you because I am aware because of some recent information given to me. And you know who gave it. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the answers to the prayers that we have prayed so fervently over such a long period of time. That so many of our fellow brothers and sisters, many of them that have climbed the seven mountains, are starting to hear more clearly and there is more unity in the understanding of the end times that we are in right now amongst the body of Christ, particularly in the, Bab- uh, the, 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 uh, the estate of Babylon the Great that we're stuck in here in the United States and all across the world. Father, we pray for a slow, slow change that is bringing about a unity in the body of Jesus Christ that is imminent and required for us to be the force of power through the power of Jesus that we were destined to be since before there was time. And now to him who is able to keep us from stumbling and to present us faultless someday before your glory, Father God, with exceeding joy, and to you, our Father, who alone is wise, please, Father, pour out your anointing of strength upon each of us. Hold us up and plant us strong. Help us to endure the things that we see. Help us to endure the excitement that we feel. Help us to be able to be level-headed as we continue to watch and wait for your perfect timing. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you, Father. Amen.
1: I told you to see what Thank you
2: Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So anyway, um, first things first. All right. So I want to say a special word of thanks to every single listener of this program. I know that we are not dealing with the same group of listeners that we had in 2011. I know that we do. We are not dealing with the same group of listeners that we had in 2013 or 2014 or 2017 or 2019 or 2022 I know, I know that. I know that, that people come and go from every church, every get-together, every gathering, no matter what it is. People come, and they go. They live. They learn. They move on. They believe. They don't. they Whatever. We are constantly moving. There are dynamics in the kingdom, and I get that. But I do want to say this. I want to say a special word of thanks and praise from our Lord Jesus Christ for every single one of you who are listening to this program that catches me making a mistake. I really do because we are all part of the body of Jesus Christ. I have I am up to my shoulders in rattlesnakes and alligators and they aren't just hanging around, they're biting, okay? And uh, many of you probably saying, "Well, wait a minute, Johnny, you know, didn't you just jump off the burning Titanic with people shooting at you and everything else under yes. Wasn't there some supernat- supernatural dynamics involved in in your moving to the new job? Yes. Okay, but you know, I'm not going to even speculate whether it's the devil, whether it's a uh, refiner's fire. Maybe the refiner's fire never stops. I mean, I'm really coming to that rec- uh, that that reconciliation in my walk that the refiner's fire of our Lord Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father for those who are going through the sanctification process is a never-ending battle until we leave. I really believe that with all of my heart. I believe it so strongly right now that nobody could take it away from me. Um, and that's Okay. I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, it doesn't make it any easier, but I am totally okay with it. And I praise God for it. And it is what it is. Uh, I even have a little sign behind me and a sign in my hallway. that says it is what it is. Hallelujah. Um, and I'm okay with it. Now I won't, I don't want to, um, send a wrong message and suggest that it is, doesn't, that it makes it any easier because it doesn't. Um, and I know a lot of people that God has blessed, I'm one of them, uh, and has moved them to a different place in their walk, I'm one of them, uh, that has taken away a spouse and put them in a whole new life dynamic, I'm one of them, uh, that has had horrible things happen to them that are um, totally traumatic, I mean, really, need, like, you know, if we weren't in Christ, we would need psychiatric attention, I'm one of them, okay, so I'm just here to say that I am uniquely qualified. Like no other to have to say with great assurance, knowing that the uh that the Bible says that all liars will be cast into the lake of fire, that I can't get it all right it is not even humanly possible now okay now um as you might imagine, um moving to the new job that I have right now has been a fantastic blessing um uh, and um I'm trying to think of how to put this. Um, So I don't know what's going to end up happening with me there. I just really don't know. I don't know. I I mean, I would have to have a crystal ball to know. I really would. I would have to have, like, Gabriel the angel to come down and just materialize in my room and go, ah, I have a word, thus saith the Lord of hosts. You are going to do this, and you are going to do that, and blah, 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 blah. No, no, I don't know. I don't know, you know, I'm just, you know, they're calling me into meetings, they're asking me to do things that I didn't sign up for, okay? Um, I just wanted, I wanted to keep my head down. I just wanted to go in there and take the job and let you know do do the work and keep my head down. I wanted a low profile position because at the last company I was with, I was very high profile, and it had a, it it bit me real bad. It was like a viper. It was like a viper from the bowels of Sheol. And um, what ended up happening? Long story short and boy, this is a very long story short. This is like an Encyclopedia Britannica cut down to one page, okay? But essentially, I was assigned as the head guy for a particular specialization, and it came with a title, The Whole Deal. Now, I didn't ask for it, nor did I pray for it, because I believe the tallest blade of grass gets cut first. All I want to do is serve Jesus. I don't care about titles i don 't care about climbing ladders it, it It is so meaningless to me it just I, I, words can 't describe honestly i can 't describe to you how utterly meaningless it is is to me it doesn 't mean anything. The only thing that matters to me is that i 'm able to fund this radio show, keep the lights on it this ever increase, monumentally increasingly expensive home to keep up. Um, The just my homeowner's insurance has gone up hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Uh, And I'm I'm talking about hundreds of dollars a month. Okay, I'm not joking yet. I don't know what the exact figure is, but it is a lot of money. Okay, now I was told by my prior homeowner's insurance after Hurricane Ian, uh, they sent out this horrificogram to everybody in a big, fat letter that was so scary to read it was enough to make it because more people, I will tell you this, and, and this is not a, a little-known fact, more people lose their homes in the state of Florida than any other state in the, in the United States. More people lose their homes, homes that they've been in for 20 years. They lose them outright to the bank. And the reason why they lose them is because of homeowner's insurance. Because the homeowner's insurance gets jacked up so high that their total mortgage payment is way beyond what they can afford. I mean way, 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 way. So what I was facing after Hurricane Ian and after the, you know, you might say, oh, how wonderful. Look at the value of the houses, and they're all going up and all this kind of stuff. I bought this place for $140,000, okay, long, long time ago, back in 2001. It is now worth 400000 dollars And you know what that means? It means your insurance goes through the roof. And then you have a Hurricane Ian an hour away, and let me tell you, there's insurance companies that are leaving the state of Florida by the groves. And my insurance company decided not to leave the state of Florida, but they turned it into a co-op. And then they sent out a letter to everybody, and they said, expect your insurance payment to either triple, or it could be as high as a sextuple. So if you take the amount that I was paying, you multiply it times six, and you do the math, I was I was already foreclosed on. It was already a done. It was a foregone conclusion. I was done. I would have to sell the house, take my total loss, whatever that is, and I don't know, figure something out. You know, find some trailer up in, you know, uh North Pole Alaska or something and hope that the heater works. But, you know, the the um it, it is just a part of life in Florida. People all look at Florida and they say, Oh, Ron DeSantis is and Ron DeSantis that and it's a wonderful place and we're gonna sell our place where we're sick of some snow. We don't wanna we don't wanna take a snowblower out anymore this, that and the other thing, we're gonna move to Florida. The problem is they don't understand what they're moving into. They don't understand the problems that come along with it. So anyway, the Lord blessed me. I gave testimony about it on the air about this one day. It was a miracle. And the Lord hooked me up with this broker called Harvest. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm always talking about the barley harvest. This is this is so supernatural. Words cannot possibly describe. So I jumped on it, and I ended up with this other underwriter. I'm not going to mention the name, but anyway, this under I, I did my four-point inspection. That, again, was a supernatural miracle. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And everything went off without a hitch. I um, had some very serious problems with my prior insurance company not giving me my money back that was in escrow. So I ended up having to pay a lot, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars out of my own pocket in order to get my um, insurance escrow down to a a level that my monthly um, mortgage payment was even affordable at all, that I could even stay here. And um, so I did all that, and now, just the other day, I got a letter from my underwriter, my, my homeowner's insurance underwriter. And they're telling me that, oh, yeah, 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 you passed a four-point inspection, but we want these following pipes to be changed out. We don't like the color of them, you see. And I am not joking you. These are pipes that were certified by a housing inspector with big old license, XYZ, LMNOP, CACD, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, number, blah, 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 and all this other stuff. He certified, he said everything was satisfactory, he sent it to the underwriter, underwriter sends me back a letter and they say, we're going to cancel your insurance if you don't change out all these pipes and have it certified by a, a, a plumber, you know, a licensed plumber. And I, I'm like thinking to myself, I'm looking at these pipes, I sent pictures and everything back over to the, I called up the uh, agent that, you know, was handles my account. The harvest people. And they're and they're like, well, this doesn't make any sense. You passed everything. And I said, yeah, I know. So what's going on? And they call them up and and it turns out they don't like the color. And I'm thinking, you know, meathead, you stupid animal from the bowels of the pits of hell. Are you smart enough to even realize that the uh, that the uh, Statue of Liberty is green because it's made out of copper? But no, this person doesn't like the color of the copper pipes that have a little bit of a hue of green, and he wants them all to be changed out by a certified plumber, which is going to cost me another 600 bucks. Now, I've got to coordinate all that while I'm taking care of my dog, where, while I'm trying to help this widow lady who's trying to rent the 10 by 10 downstairs, who's having more problems than anybody could possibly
4: have in a whole
2: wide world, multiplied times 500, and I'm trying to keep that all going on while I'm trying to go through new hire. NEO, they call it NEO, New Employee Orientation, and it's like, oh my gosh, it's, you know, it's not an hour, it's not two hours, it's four hours on this day, four hours on this day, and two hours on this day. This is unbelievable. And so I'm going through all that while I'm supposed to be maintaining this client while well, my boss happens to be on a week of vacation, and everybody's freaking out, and they want this, and then, And then this director of directors of directors sets up a meeting on Monday with my boss to talk about me about some unforeseen thing. Did I say something that upset somebody? I have no idea. Do I get to sleep at all this weekend? I have no idea. So anyway, so – you know, you might say, well, come on, Johnny, you know, you've been blessed by God. You've had all these miracles happen. You know, you got off the Titanic. The alligators were biting you now. You know, you you know, things are a little bit different. You're a little uncomfortable. Uh, you know, yeah, you're dealing with a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, that's true. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But, you know, come on, chill out, bro. Well, today's my birthday. It's my 61st birthday, and it's, and it's been a very, very, very rough day. Very rough. Okay, and here I am doing a radio show. I've had so many people call me, so many people all over Facebook, all over, uh, man, emails flying in from all over the place, text messenger going off on my phone all day long while I'm in my new employee whatever thing. Okay, and they're talking about this, that, and the other thing. My phone's going, and everybody's going, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, the only person in the world that it's happy for is you. OK, but that's OK. I'm like, you know, hey, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God. I must have typed God bless you like 700 times a day. I don't even know. Praise God. But anyway, um, uh, and that's fine. But the point I'm trying to make is I want to say God. I mean, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. We are all part of the body of Jesus Christ. If there is anybody who listens to this program for even a nanosecond, do you know how short a nanosecond is? Do you? Do you? I do. I used to run 100 megahertz uh, 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 Tektronix uh, oscilloscope in front of a Fluke 3040 test, Zenrat, uh, 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 test uh, station at a company that used to do uh, component level repair for uh, uh, the Control Data uh, CDC. Uh, uh, whatchamacallit, you call it? CDC Control Data Corporation. Okay, I, I, back in the 80s, in 1985, in 1986, 1987, 1988, and 1989, when my daughter was born, uh, I was sitting in front of a Fluke 3040 You can look it up on the Internet, Fluke 3040 test station with 100 megahertz uh, Tektronix oscilloscope and circuit boards. And I would troubleshoot them to the component level. I've got the hiccups and I'm going to hiccup and burp and everything else that that I'm not supposed to do on a radio show. But I'm going to probably. We'll see. I'm going to try not to. But that's, you know, my my, the thing is, with all this stuff going on and all, you know, I, I, you know, we are part of the body of Christ. If I don't have a margin of error of somewhere between 25 or 30 percent on every single show, then I truly am like Jesus. I have no reason to convert. I don't need to become a light being. I'm not a minor God. I don't need to go to heaven, because I'm Jesus. I'm already Jesus at that point. OK? And, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm just some schmuck who lives in Tampa, Florida. I thank every you know the, those of you who sent, took the time to send me a birthday card, those of you who took the time to send me a little text message or whatever the case is. But I want to thank especially those of you who took the time. I praise God for you. Troy uh, um, uh, Lois, uh, uh, thank you for letting me know uh, on the last radio show that I got the Vatican uh, money transfer, you know, where they were telling all of their subsidiary banks to transfer their money over by September of whatever, you know, by that September, September the 30th. I thank you, brother, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart for letting me know that I had the, the because I didn't know. I really didn't. Because I had received that notification about the Vatican telling all their subsidiary banks to convert, you know, to send all their money in, uh, over to the Vatican Bank in Vatican City. I when I received that I received that over my Twitter on my cellular phone and when I copied it over and sent it over to the radio show to report on it did not have the publication date on the image so I had no idea When that article was published, and if anyone here thinks for a second that I can go through 250 to 300 apocalyptic headlines with one hour before the show starts and double check the math on every single report, then you really do think I'm Jesus. You really do. I am not. Okay, I'm just some overweight fat guy who's trying to serve the Lord. I've been doing it for 12 years. I'm out of gas. I'm working on a new job. I've got all kinds of craziness going on in my house through homeowners insurance, trying to help people out, doing all the crazy things, doing the radio shows, you know, all this stuff. And now I'm doing radio shows back. I'm back to the three hour mark. Every single show's now now up to like three hours. Now, am I going to keep on doing that? I don't know if I can maintain it. I might drop over dead before I can maintain it. I don't know. Um, I had, uh, I praise God for another uh, kind uh saint who, um, what, I forget what it was she told me she was like, um, oh yeah, I said um, I, Dinesh D'Souza or whatever his name is, Dinesh D'Souza I, I said, I, I made some comment about him being converted from Muslimism uh, to a Christian and she, she sent me an email and I said no, he's always been a Christian, he was born, born a Catholic and I was like Thank you. God bless you. Now, again, we are all part of the body. I need people to – so I redact and retract or whatever you want to call it. My, my Now, I already did this on the radio show. But – so radio show demographics and dynamics are very, very interesting and highly confusing because some people listen to the first half. Some people listen to the second half. Some people listen to the whole show. Some people listen to the podcast. Some people listen to this. Some people listen to that. Some people participate in the Friday Night Prayer Vigil and care less about the Wednesday and the Sunday Sunday show. See, and so, of course, that – I pay a dear price for that because what ends up happening is that people – don't know that I retracted the comment about the Vatican and said, hey, sorry, everybody, I just found out that it was published, you know, last year. Now, it doesn't mean that that command from the Vatican to transfer the money over to the Vatican Bank last year, which was really only about one, two, three, four, five, roughly five months ago, What is it related to the imminent financial collapse. I would submit that it probably is highly related to it, directly related to it, but it was not what I thought. What I thought was it had been just released and that it was probably an indicator of possibly when these evil entities from the bowels Sheol, the WEF, the Klaus Schwab's, the the rise of the Fourth Reich, the Global Santana Crime Syndicate, call them whatever you want to call them. But at the end of the day, it could have been interpreted, through my lack of understanding when it was published, uh, as possibly a go-live date for the global financial collapse. So that was an assumption. And assumptions make an ASS out of you and me, right, okay, and I didn't know. So I praise God that Troy uh, d- d- texted me or, t- you know, sent me – because I do periodically through the show, I go to my Gmail. I look at the, the comments that people send me. I see those words, and I read those words even while I'm flapping my lips at 5,000 miles an hour or the, or the guest is going yada yada blah, blah, yada blah, blah. I'm looking at those communications that are coming into this radio show because I need your help. I need it. Okay, I, you know, this isn't a boo-hoo-hoo moment, okay? I'm not crying on your shoulders. It's not like that. I don't mean it to be like that. If it sounds like that, it's not. it's ill intent. I do not mean it to be like that. I want to say thank you because if it wasn't for the contributions of the people that listen to this program, sending me text messages, sending me emails, keeping me honest about my assumptions, which I have no choice but to make, because I don't have time to research all these things like I used to. Back when I started this radio show, I was with a company that, for lack of better terms, we'll just say, was making so much money that they didn't know what to do with it all. And, and the, the, the amount of pressure and the amount of rigor associated with doing my job on a scale of one to ten was maybe a three. And I was very good at it which meant that I had a lot of time to prepare for radio shows back then, a lot of time. And um, because I was really good at my job, I got things done always ahead of schedule, and it allowed me wiggle room. I had extra time to breathe, to take a second look at an article, to double-check the dates and all that kind of stuff. I don't have any of that anymore. It's all gone. It's all gone. All I get is letters from homeowners insurance and making arrangements between meetings at work and all these other things that I'm trying to juggle, uh, you know, trying to put out fires because some meathead doesn't like the greenish color of some of my copper pipes, which, by the way, is a perfectly natural thing to happen in anybody's house. Okay, so I bought some copper polish. Okay, now I had I had the uh, plumber coming tomorrow, but then I prayed about it. And look at what Lord, you know what the Lord did? The Lord moved my date with the plumber. So I, I was like, I was, cause I was saying to the Lord, I was like, Lord, this is kind of like unfair. You know, I, I, I it's how I talk to God sometimes. And I said, father, this, I, this, I feel like this is a little bit unfair. You know, I got to do, you know, it's my birthday. I got to do the radio show tonight. I don't have any time. I'm going to be in this new employee orientation thing all the way up till 530. Okay. I, I don't, I just don't have any time to prepare for the radio show, let alone have time to go down and open up the brass polish and the wire brush and go clean all the, you know, the little bit of green, it ain't a lot, but a little bit of green that's on here and, and just, you know, take a buffing rag and buff it all up and make it so shiny that it, you know, looks like pure brass and gold. Okay. I don't have time. I said, Lord, this just isn't fair. I did. I told him straight up. I said, Father, this isn't fair. Considering how much work I'm putting into trying to do the radio show, considering all the stuff that I'm going through right now, considering all of the help and I'm trying to help out with this lady that's trying to rent the 10 by 10 downstairs and all the other hell that she's going through. You know, I said, Father, this, this isn't fair. This is not fair. Guess what happens? (laughs) <laughs> so I'm in the middle of the the, the the new employee blah 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 this that, and the other thing, and I and 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 uh, and, uh I, I get this uh, communication. I'll just leave it at that because I I can't sort it all out. It's all a blur. Some of it's text, some of it's Facebook Messenger, some of it's Google Messenger, some of it's it text messages. I don't even can't even remember where all this stuff's coming from. And I and I, but anyway, somehow the plumbing company got ahead of got in touch with me, and they said we would like to move you to friday and i was like okay (laughs) so now i'm like i had to move them to friday which freed up thursday which allows me to take my brass polish whatever stuff and you know wipe off you know the green whatever it is and you know buff it a little bit and shine it all up and then i can bring the plumber in and i can say isn't it pretty doesn't it glisten just like the bells on a uss whatever? frigate, and 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 if he says that the integrity of the fixtures is good, and he tests them and he turns the wheel and shuts the wheel and, you know, WD-40 and all that kind of stuff, and he signs off on it, done deal. And then I save $500, because he already told me it's going to cost me $500 to change these fixtures just because they happen to turn slightly a little bit green. Which, by the way, all copper does, eventually. Okay, so anyway, Unless it's protected behind a wall and it's a special kind of galvanizing, blah, 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 and all this other stuff that I don't understand. But anyway, this, this is not abnormal. It's very common. And so they're like, you know, so I thought, I thought, well, you know, if I have a little bit of time to go down and polish them and they look real pretty. And he comes in and he says these, the integrity of these, these uh, valves is perfect. There's nothing to worry about. And he goes in and he says – he writes on his invoice, polished up the the, uh, copper, uh, tested the integrity of the pipes, uh, certified that everything is hunky-dory and praise Jesus and hallelujah and hugs – and furry white kittens and huggy bunnies. If he puts that on the invoice, I take new pictures of the stuff, send it over to this meathead that doesn't know, uh, you know, the sun from the moon, okay, and he – and guess what? All is well. Save 500 and some dollars maybe. I don't even know. Or – he comes in and he says, "No, I got to change them all out, and then I'm out of 500 bucks." But at least I gave it my old high school try. But I got all this stuff going on on top of the radio show. So again, I just want to say thank you. Any single time, please, in the name of Jesus, that any listener of this program ever hears me goof up, ever hears me say Danish D'Souza was a converted Muslim, ever hears me say that a certain article indicates this or might indicate that when I when I'm not seeing the publication date, whatever it is,
1: whatever it is
2: please email me please let me know because we're all in this together and I cannot do this by myself I can't I just can't I can't now I can blab in the microphone as good as anybody. I know my scriptures. As good as anybody, and God has given me a lot of supernatural information about the end times and where we are in the end times. That I am, you know, I say this with the greatest of care, and I pray, please, Father, don't let this sound puffed up in any way, that is, that excels that which the church is teaching by a hundredfold, easily. I don't know anybody that's a church pastor that has any idea that the day of the Lord is during the sixth seal. I don't know anybody. That realizes anybody in a church that's done DVDs, whatever, I don't know one teacher of the Bible, not one, worldwide, 8 billion people, not a one, that knows that Revelation 18 happens in the middle of the day of the Lord. I don't know not a one of them that knows that Isaiah 13 and Joel 2 is an alien invasion sent to earth by God to punish the unrighteous that happens during the day of the Lord in the middle of the sixth seal. Not a one. I don't know anybody who knows that the great earthquake that occurs in Revelation 6 verse 12 is started by a meteor that hits off the coast of Puerto Rico and literally levels uh, the east coast of the United States of Babylon the great and kills 22 million people, let alone shakes the entire earth and kills untold probably billions more. And that that great earthquake is the same great earthquake that is mentioned in Ezekiel 38, which is World War three, which is the fourth seal. I don't know anyone worldwide, not a single teacher of the Bible, that will tell you that we are in the second seal. We are in the third seal. That is why SVB bank failed. That is why all these things are happening right now. We are in the midst of them. They are happening right now. In fact, churchianity is telling everybody the opposite. They're showing everybody the title of their wonderful book and how there has to be a you know, red heifer that's getting its head chopped off by a bunch of Hasidic Jews uh, at the New Solomon's Temple long before Jesus arrives on the earth, which is false. It's absolutely incorrect. But that's okay. In the meantime, nobody's watching for Jesus. Everybody's out there saying, oh, everybody, everybody that believes in Jesus is going to be raptured. No, they're not. No, they're not. Jesus is coming for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she should be holy and without blemish, um, uh, Ephesians 5.27. That's not arguable. Um, I have visions, powerful, mighty, vivid visions of super ultra-godly people that were standing in in front of revivals. They were standing in front of huge churches, thousands of congregants. And they estimated when the rapture occurred that only 2%, maybe 2%, got raptured, and the rest had to stay. And then the vast majority of churchianity believes that there's going to be one rapture. And they think that, hey, if you're saved, you're going up in the rapture. We're all going to leave any second now. That's wrong. That is incorrect. There are three separate rescue missions, barley, wheat, and grape. Okay, that's how it works. But the Lord showed me that over like 12 years. Okay, I I don't know why, but I wrote an article back in 2010. It was called the multi-phase rescue mission based upon Luke 12, verse 35, 36, 37, 38, where Jesus comes back from the wedding supper of the Lamb and he says, blessed are you that are part of the second watch. Blessed are you that are part of the third watch. Well, where's the first watch? Nobody ever asks the hard questions. I ask the hard questions all the time. That's why Jesus shows me things like Revelation 18.23 where it says, uh, you know, the, the bride and the bridegroom will be heard in you no more. Well, guess what? If First Thessalonians 5.9 says that we are not appointed to wrath, and Revelation 6.17 says the day, is, the day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Then we know as a fact that if the bride and the bridegroom will be hurting you no more in Revelation 18.23, then Revelation 18.23 has to happen before Revelation 6.17. These are just simple things. These are not especially complicated. Okay, you know, do not harm the oil or the wine at the end of the third seal. And why, why, oh, why, oh, why, oh, why, oh, why are there so many reports coming out of the Pentagon, coming out of Washington, D.C., all of a sudden about motherships around – hanging out in our solar system, about probes, alien probes that we might have shot down when we were going after the Chinese whatever balloon. Okay, why are there so- – I have another report tonight to, to, to report. Same thing, another one. That three days have gone by, and we have the second report already about some mothership flo- floating around out in our solar system. Why did we go thro- from a handful of pilots that had a little snippet that showed up on CNN or, or Tucker Carlson or whatever about eight months ago, and all of a sudden we got the Pentagon coming out talking about su- these you know, motherships that are hanging out in our solar system all of a sudden? As if they, as if they don't know that they have aliens and underground bunkers right now that they're working on in the military industrial extraterrestrial complex that was talked about by Eisenhower and the Griata Treaty behind, behind the military and, and the Grays and all this other creepy weirdness that we've known about for like gazillion years, it seems like. I mean, folks, they know. They've always known. They know about Nibiru. They know about – it's not global warming. It's catastrophic climate change. It's associated with the orbit of the planet being elliptical, the orbit of the moon being elliptical. It is affecting all of it, – it affects the winters. It affects the summers. And you got everybody going. They're climate, they're climate change deniers, and they're all sitting out there going, there is no climate change. There is no climate change. And they ought to know any better if they had half of a cerebral cortex, but they don't. They're not looking at all the data. All they're doing is they're looking for an excuse to say ESG is a bunch of bunk, which it is, by the way, because these demons of darkness will use anything, anything they can get their hands on, any falsehood, any twist of the devil, whatever they can, and they'll call it something. They'll give it a name. They'll they'll go out, and hire themselves a frowny face Greta Thunberg, who really, you know, forget. It, don't even get me going on that. So the whole thing is, they always take the truth or a partial truth, and then they twist it and then they bend it into their version of some lie, some colossal lie, and then what happens is that the people that are against the lie say, well, obviously we're not in global warming or else we wouldn't have 12-foot snowstorms in Lake Tahoe right now. But the problem is it isn't global warming. The problem is it's extremely bad winters and extremely bad summers. Because that's what happens when the Earth is in an elliptical orbit around the Sun. Now the seasons are not controlled by the tilde of the Sun. I'm sorry, the tilde of Earth anymore. And the, and the, and the heliosphere around the uh, in our solar system is gravely altered. The spinning of the core is gravely altered. The the, hur- the hurricanes become hemicanes over the land. Horrible things start to happen. Unbelievable weather patterns start to happen. I even have a paper written by a contracting company. In 2003, entitled The National Security Effects of a Catastrophic Climate Change. I have a copy of it. They've known it's been coming for a long time. They've been hiding Planet X and anything that has to do with Planet X from the, American, from the, from the world public now for, let's see… Well, since Admiral Harrington died around about 1994 because he killed him with a fast-acting cancer, probably with one of those CIA cancer guns, uh, probably since about 1995, nobody's been saying anything. A couple of whistleblowers came forward, but they just kind of disappeared and went off into the background. What happened to, um, I, I forget the guy that we, we've had him on the show a couple of times, Bob something, Bob, uh, where, where's, where's uh sister, uh, Nancy when I need her. I know where she is. She's camping because her husband won't stop. Her, her husband's a camping freak. He wants to go camping every week. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, Nancy, I, I need your help. And she's like, I'm going to be camping. Sorry. See you later. Bye. It's nice knowing you, but I, I'm messing with her. But anyway, God bless her. Um, but um, Bob's—it's on the tip of my tongue—but we've had him on the show. So he, he, anyway, he's really pretty much an expert on a whole lot of the things having to do with um, Planet X. Uh, and he, his, he—he um, he seems to have disappeared. I don't know where he is. We tried to get him get, come back on the show. We can't get a hold of him. Bob something investigations. Uh, I just can't think of his last. And, and what I'll do is I'll do what I always do. Let me just see. see I'll check in here on uh, the. No. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um. Hold on a second. Bob Blank Investigations and Planet Eggs. All right, Bob Fletcher. Alright, there you go. Bob Fletcher Investigations and in Planet X. And he's been on Coast to Coast AM. He's been on he was on uh the uh the um uh InfoWars, but at the time he was on there, uh yeah, Fletcher, thank you everybody for chiming in there for me. Um uh he he has uh he's disappeared. Now if he's out there somewhere, he hasn't been answering our Requests to come back on the program. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Now we're going to be having Brother Sammy Mwangi joining us, and we're also going to be having Brother Robert vandreas Mitchell joining us. Um, and I have a fantabulous amount of audio that I need to play. Now this is going to be a little bit hard because Robert's a little bit of a chatty guy, and I love that about him. So that's we're all part of the body, and I love him to death. I would just want to get a hug of him until his head pops off, but. At some point, we're going to have to get Robert to kind of, I don't know, lie low or something or whatever, uh, because I need to get these audio bites out to the listeners of the program. All right. Praise God. And I did want to get that carte blanche, all hands on deck thank you out to those of you who are keeping me honest, because I just I can't do it. It's not humanly possible anymore. Okay, not to mention that we're not talking about four or five apocalyptic headlines anymore, folks. We're talking about hundreds, and boy, does that change everything. All right, so anyway, I redact uh, the Vatican call for consolidation of the Vatican Bank by 2023 because that was incorrect. It was actually by September 30th of 2022, still probably related though nevertheless, and Dinesh D'Souza. I didn't know he was born a Christian. All right, but I thank you for all of your help and I pray in Jesus name that you continue to do so so I can keep so you can help me to be on to keep me honest because I don't want to be perceived as the babbling idiot that I sound like because I'm really not. It's just TMI, man. It is TMI and I am getting Absolutely, Barry. I don't know if you've ever seen a quarry truck, a quarry dump truck, a person, a man standing beside a quarry dump truck. Do you know that they actually build those trucks? They're so big, they build them inside the quarry because they can't get the parts of the truck. They can't. The whole truck is too big, and there aren't no. they, they, They just can't carry the truck with Chinook helicopters. They can't do it. It's too big and too heavy. And if you've ever seen a man standing beside one of the wheels, one of the tires of those quarry trucks, it's 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 an amazing thing to see. It really is, because that man looks like a teeny little. It looks looks like a little like a doll. That's how big they are. And sometimes I just wake up in the morning and I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, praise you, Jesus. I'm lifting my hands up in the air and I'm praising his name and I'm thinking to myself, I'm dreading it because I know that that quarry truck is going to back up over me and dump something on my head, something big. Um, and that's okay. Uh, you know, I have come to the conclusion that that is exactly how the Lord, what, That is, this is my thorn in the flesh. flesh. This is my thorn in the flesh. I am absolutely positive about it. God has no intention of giving me a break, and that's okay. If that's my destiny, if that is my walk, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. All right, praise God. We all have our individual walks. We all have our individual problems. We all have our husbands cheating on us. We all have these different things that are going on in our lives. We all have issues. Right, I have my issues, too. Lots of them. And so thank you for helping me out. God bless you all. All right. Now I'm going to go ahead and read some of these. Now we're going to have to stop to bring on Brother Sammy in about seven minutes. Uh, and then I'm going to continue he- forward with some more of the headlines. And then we're going to bring on Robert a little bit late. Uh, Robert's probably already listening. So just hang in for me, Robert. We're going to bring you on late. Now hear this. You are going to be brought on a little late. All right. And that's just can't help it got to do it all right thank you jesus so anyway on that note let's go ahead and en- and enter into the news
3: ladies and gentlemen may i have your attention please
1: it's not normal it's just wrong uh, it's not normal.
3: game
1: over
2: Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. First headline up, alien mothership may be sending probes to Earth, Pentagon UFO chief posits with Harvard professor in a draft paper. So it wasn't good enough for them to just babble it out. It wasn't good enough for them to have a expose or an article written in the American Military Times or Military News, but now... The, uh, this uh, particular specialist in Pentagon UFO events, they call him the chief of, of the UFO stuff in the Pentagon, he has now teamed up, buddy, buddy, hand-in-hand buddies, with a Harvard professor and created a, an official draft paper. Okay, now now I guess they want to have it peer-reviewed and all that kind of stuff so it can become an official statement, but at this time it's in draft, and they are saying that a, an alien mothership may be sending probes uh, to Earth. Well, what do you know? Sounds like maybe those um, posits, those estimations that came out shortly after the F-22s uh, took out those round orbs that were moving around Lake Huron and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, It looks like they may have been alien probes. Just may have been. Now I do find, here's the thing. I assumed, could be wrong,
1: I know I could be wrong, that's
2: okay. There's always I should come on this radio show and go dun da dun da, 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 da before I start every radio show I'll go dun da dun da, 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 da. There will be a margin of error of approximately twenty-five percent in all things that are said on this show. Thank you for joining us tonight. Hey, at least I'm not hitting you up for five bucks a month for a subscription. I haven't had to do that yet. Thank you, Jesus. Hopefully I never will because that, that was kind of an agreement that the Father and I had. But anyway, um, but of course, you know, you can make agreements with the Father. But sometimes the Father doesn't want to keep your agreement, if you know what I'm saying. All right, so I don't even know. But i that, that is something that the Father and I have had deep conversations about over the last 12 years. And so far, the Lord has been very good to me. All right, praise God. Hey, none of it's been easy. None of it has been easy. And it's not easy now. But he has been very good to me. Praise God. All right. Next headline up. Hallelujah. Russian offensive has begun and Bakhmut has fallen. And you might say, what's the big deal with Bakhmut? What Bakhmut, this Bakhmut, that, why has that been going on since September of last year? Who cares about Bakhmut? Well, so Bakhmut evidently is in still, it's still a city, a pretty no, big one, in what's called the Donbass Territory, which is where... Uh, The vast majority of Russian-speaking people who've been getting their children murdered by the Nazis in the Ukraine now for, what, 14 years since Crimea was taken? Um, And Bakhmut is one of those cities that has, like, these really big roads that come in and out of it. It's like a hub. Okay, so Bakhmut was a very important – and boy, did the – well, it wasn't the Ukrainian army. And that, that really bothers me when people say, you know, wow, the Ukrainians are really putting up a great fight. No, they're using uh, state-of-the-art weaponry provided, provided by the United States military that, or, or NATO, which ultimately is one and the same for the most part, and then, um, and then CIA and, um, and American mercenaries um, from the craft – from Blackwater, whatever, uh, that are operating in there and Polish, you know, uh, seasoned army veterans uh, inside of Ukrainian outfits or, or, you know, military garb, okay, and uniforms. And so everybody's going, oh, wow, look at the Ukrainians putting up a wonderful fight for Bakhmut. no. Look at the CIA. Look at the American CIA and the American equipment and the top-notch uh, tanks, the Leopard tanks coming out of Germany. And, every, and that, that, By the way, none of the, none of the NATO states, none of the EU states wanted to give up any of their equipment. We pressured them into it, Babylon the Great pushed them into it, according to uh, uh, general uh, I'm sorry Colonel uh, McGregor uh, who's an expert on these things uh, he says that right now if the United States had to go to a, a real on the ground war with Russia or anybody else for that matter, we would be doomed because we've given up all of our all of our stuff we you know all the all the uh, salvos, all the ammunition that goes into the, uh, the uh, uh, you know, the mortars and the, um, oh, what are they called? I forget. But, you know, it, it, it's all gone. We've given it all away. We, we don't have the capacity. Our, our Raytheon can't crank them out fast enough. We've got no repositories. We don't have warehouses full of equipment to give them all, our warehouses full of ammunition. It doesn't exist. The United States is crippled. Except pretty much you know, for the uh you know, the nukes and the uh the underground you know, the submarine stuff. All right, praise God. But for for the most part we're we're in deep dookie. All right, ha, ha, next headline up, hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. All right, United States – hold on a second. got to make an adjustment to this gizmo and gadget and thingamabob over here. All right, uh, double-checking that. Yep, that's right. United States bank stocks slump as Credit Suisse fear Spurs renewed sell-off. Now, I was in a meeting, and uh, the renewed sell-off is that the people that own stocks in these various banks all over the world – and also financial agencies of many different types that are very dependent on the banks. It's uh, A lot of people don't realize that insurance companies are actually a, an arm of the financial services sector. A lot of people don't know that, but it's true. So what happens is that you've got all these – mega-companies that are dependent on bigger mega-companies that are dependent on bigger, 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 bigger mega-companies. And so when the biggest of the big, big mega-companies like Credit Suisse takes a 24% hit in its value, all the subsidiaries or the smaller banks that are highly dependent on them start getting hit, 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 and all the stock tickers start turning red. Now I will tell you that I was involved in a company meeting with the chief financial officer, and he was saying, "Man, oh day, has my life been made a living hell over this SVB Signature Bank?" You know the Signature Bank thing? You want to know something interesting? I don't know exactly when it was, probably 1998, right around there. And I, I you know, the company that I used to work with is called Aimnet Solutions. They don't exist anymore. But anyway, I, I was, I did security work for Signature Bank. On site, downtown New York. That's where I was, Signature Bank, um, uh, with a guy named Sean Linen. (laughs) Okay? So I know who Signature Bank is, and I know right where they're located. All right. Praise God. So anyway, yeah, it's a a small world and it's creepy and a lot of weird things happening all over the place. All right. Praise God. So anyway, on that note, I got some audio bites that I need to play for you. They're very, very important. They're crucial, crucial, beyond crucial, which is why we're going to have to ask Brother Robert Vandrias Mitchell to please hold and hang in there and just listen in and then we'll bring them on live. Uh, But but first and foremost, we need to bring on Brother Sammy Mwangi. So let's bring on Brother Sammy. Brother Sammy, are you there?
5: Hey, John, I'm here. Can you hear me?
2: I can hear you, brother. Go for it. Take that microphone and run for a TD. Thank you for joining us today. God bless you.
5: Okay, thank you. Thank you so, so much. Once again, I'm glad to come on radio. And um, I want to start, first of all, by just thanking you, John, and all our supporters uh, from Tribulation Now. You know, you've continued to support us for many, many years now, and I think this consistency um, makes a big, big difference, you know helped us to when we know that a team of partners are going to continue studying with us and uh, I must confess that we have a good number that have supported us for quite uh, some years and coming from tribulation now even some people who tell me that you know they are no longer uh, listening to John or for one or the other reason but they continue to support us and we are grateful to God for that um, let me give some few updates Uh one outside in the Congo uh, some of you, I know, I know a lot of people follow with the news to see what is going on. Congo has really been experiencing a very difficult time, especially in the eastern part, with the M23 militia group uh, that is trying to take over cities. And in fact, one of the cities uh, they are targeting to take over is Goma, uh, Goma city, uh, which is the capital of the eastern uh, part of Congo. And that city is where we have a school just in the outskirts with 700 kids that we are helping. So that's a prayer item so that um, God may just help and take care of those kids. We continue to support them. We continue to send funds through our partner there. And we've seen God in many, many ways. They are having a lot of troubles with the travel issues, but uh, we can continue to pray, you know, that uh, these militia groups in the forest, some of them supported by neighboring countries, Uh, that they will be defeated and that uh, the people in Congo will have some peaceful time they they've been running uh, from different cities and running away you know and it's been really destabilizing the people there so let's let's pray for that Uh, the other item I would like to update is the Idri Idri Island which is in the uh, middle of Lake Kivu Uh, we usually travel there through Goma and take a boat to the island, and that's where we are building a school in the island. Uh, going being in the island is more safer than even being Goma. The only problem now is how to get there if you are not accessing it through Goma or Bukavu. Uh, but uh, the work there is going on. We recently I had requested for funding for this school, and we just got a donor from Illinois who gave us ten thousand to complete the six classes now. So we'll be able to roof the remaining three classes and complete those, and maybe later on we'll need some desks and tables and somewhere the teachers can can sit as well. But we are very, very grateful uh, uh, this far. Then The other update I'll give you is about Kenya. Um, Most of the African countries, East African countries, Ethiopia, Kenya, uh, they're experiencing um, a lack of rain which has gone on for – this is the sixth uh, the sixth season where they are missing rain. So in some parts of Kenya, for the last three years it hasn't rained. And um, when where we work with the Maasai, they have not had rain for three years, and it's become extremely difficult. Uh ray had been asked for appeal, a hunger crisis appeal, and we continue to feed uh, those people. Some of the kids can no longer go to school because uh, they they can't walk cool, hungry, and it's becoming very, very difficult. Now, the good thing is that one of these areas, the community is where we are, be- we are breeding uh, well. We've gone through a lot of stages. We have seen where to drill. We've gotten the permits. We're just waiting for one uh, permit from the environmental uh, group. Uh, we have raised 22,000 this far. So, John, we are so grateful we've raised 22,000 and we needed 25, so we have three more thousand to go and then we'll be able to commission uh, this well. And this well is going to produce a lot of water that can be used in the whole community. They can come and um, water their cattle, carry water to their homes, and uh, God willing, with the time, we'll be able even to pipe water a little bit in the communities. But we'll have a big feeding place where the cattle can come and get, um, get fed and get watered, and we really look forward to this project. And we thank God for all the donations we've received, uh, and we trust God for the remaining three thousand dollars, and that will be that will be it. We actually plan that in this area, we have already secured nine acres of land where we can plant. We can show people how to do farming, and people can go and do that in their homes. And some of them can even farm in that place that we have because it's quite. A big place. So we are looking forward to this project. We believe God is going to be a solution to this place, and that um, you know, especially when rain stays for so long without raining, and we can provide water. You know, in Israel, they don't have a lot of water, and yet they are able to irrigate and do other things to to uh, to grow crops. So we we believe that there are things we can do as Christians, as Pipe International, and RFVF. The poverty and the suffering of the people like the Maasai in Kenya and the pygmies in the Congo, Rwanda, and Burundi um, then the last uh, main uh, the last update I want to give actually quick two of them one is the discipleship. We continue to do our discipleship I uh, recently developed uh, some materials that I'm sharing with the people. I know different countries uh, reading the Bible, the New Testament in one year. John, you'll be surprised that so many people that we are working with have never read not the whole bible but the new testament and now we are helping facilitating reading the new testament for one year some of them that i know are christians who've been saved for quite but they have never read i'm giving them some little assignments and uh, you know when i discuss with them i can tell the need for discipleship is so strong is so great Uh, many people are busy but also, they, ha- they haven't given God priority, even in the Western world. They don't give God priority. And so you find that uh, reading the Bible is not a priority to so many people, but we are trying to help to see how that can be improved. Finally, it's a prayer also and a request for support for the mission in June. June and July, we are going to have a big mission trip. I'll be away, actually, for two months, uh, also with my family. We're going to different countries in Rwanda, Burundi, Kenya, would love to go to Congo, but we don't know how the situation will be at that point. Uh, but it's a big mission. We'll be having many, many meetings, crusade, uh, leadership training, uh, meeting the pygmies, meeting the people that we are treating with giga infestation, the orphans that we support in different places. And so we just pray that you, God is going to cover us in all the places that we go. I have a team of about uh, 10 people from U.S., And that god is going to protect us wherever we go as we share the gospel as we prepare ourselves um so that we can be a blessing to these people so keep us in your prayers we'll be supporting orphans windows distributing bibles in all these different villages and promoting evangelism and discipleship so your prayer are highly welcome thank you even in advance uh, for your continued support god bless you thank you so much john
2: Thank you, Sammy. Praise God. That's awesome, man. That is just uh, that's so exciting and, and incredible to just hear the phenomenal anointed progress that is uh, that has been made by your ministry over the years. Even you know, even in a strong headwind, I mean, really, when you think about it, it's it's miraculous that you've been able to continue forward with the work that you've been doing in Edre Island and all these. I mean, these places are really in trouble right now. I mean, they're in real bad trouble right now. And um, uh, and you're still – God is anointing you. He's protecting your team. You've gone into – you just recently went into Lahore. Are you kidding me? That's like one of the worst places in all of Pakistan. <laughs>
5: like, yeah, and you're I was still there. Going and I, think I, I think I sent you a text when I was there. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm telling you, folks. Let me tell you, this is this is God is God's hand of protection is over brother Sammy and his team, man. So this is a great opportunity to be able to touch uh, the real deal. You know, this isn't like I'm not going to pick on anybody and mention any names, but it ain't a deal where you know nine tenths of every dollar that you spend. You know, this is right. You can go right through PayPal. You can go through other payment systems that they have set up at PipesInternational.org. Again, it's just like pipes, like the green colored pipe that's going to cost me five hundred dollars to get replaced. (laughs) pipes p-i-p-e-s international.org and um they just have a donate link right there and you can and you know the money goes right to them and it touches people's lives uh, it heals people it feeds people it clothes people it does all the things leads them to jesus and unlike any other ministry that i have ever heard of ever I actually I take that back there was one other ministry that taught this. Uh it was over it was Karis Bible College in uh uh Colorado. Okay, and they 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 also taught what's called discipleship evangelism where you don't just evangelize somebody, you teach them how to become a disciple also. And Sammy took that concept, of course, without any help from Carol's Bible College, he took the concept on his own, went over to Africa, and he started to create disciples out of the people that they were raising up in these various churches that they were planting all over the place. I mean, it was absolutely genius. And and and, And I had to be anointed by the Holy Spirit, brother, because I don't know how you could have gone to the places that you went to and -hmm. and still be with us. I mean, you know know what I mean? You've been through some seriously dangerous stuff, man. I mean, praise God for your team. And I pray for you all the time, brother. I thank you for coming on Mm -hmm. and sharing your testimony. It is a blessing. Thank you.
5: Mm, Thank you. And we pray for you, John. We pray for our partners. And we just commit people. We mention their names before God, and we just just love what we are doing uh, in partnership with you.
2: God bless you brother i i I'm the first one to raise my hand <laughs> raise my hand from the burning rocks, going,
3: "Oh, please, remember me in prayer." <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay so yeah i'm right there with you brother god bless you hey at least thank i'm not like 61 years old and running from lions in the middle of edry island you know <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for joining us sammy and and say hello to your right. your precious wife and your little baby for me god bless you all and and thank you all for being so kind and loving to to seed into what well, such a blessed ministry that 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 you know is doing wonderful things thank you sammy for joining us god bless you Amen, brother. All right, folks, and now we got Robert Vandrius B- Mitchell hanging on the line. Now, I just need you to hang in there for me a little bit, Robert, and I'll bring you right on. I don't have a lot, of, but I do have um, some sound bites that I want to play. And then uh, this is good, though, because this will set Robert up um, because it'll, you know, fuel his fire, and then he'll want to chatter chatter about it, which is good. This is good. The more the more fuel we can give to Robert, you know, the, the the better. And so, um since we're running till ten tonight anyways, uh we got plenty of time. All right, praise God. Excuse me, we don't have to go into overtime at nine thirty. We got a live, uh, live uh, uh, feed over the Internet all the way up till 10 p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon, the Great. Praise God. All right. Now, what I'm going to play for you right now is a audio bite snippet of uh, the redacted team again. Um, and uh, this one, this particular audio bite is a commentary uh, about the, um, how much and how significantly and impactfully the United States of Babylon, the Great, is antagonizing. Amazing. Yes, you've guessed it. China. So it isn't enough. (laughs) It isn't enough that 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 we're uh, doing everything in our power to uh, anger Russia to the point of a full scale World War three event. Uh, That's not enough. No, 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 not enough. No, we have to go after China, too, at the same time. Okay, and why do we know this? Why do we know this? Because we know who's driving the ship, don't we? Yeah, we do. We talk about it all the time. Let's just call him the Global satanic Crime Syndicate led by the Antichrist. We know his name. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Born in the land of the Nubian pharaohs, the hero of the Owalu prophecy from 1918, the son of Kenya. And we know it's all going on right now. There's no secret about it. He's Even the Bible says that the Antichrist has no... You know affinity for women, <laughs> and if you haven't figured out by now that his so called quote wife okay, isn't a female then uh yeah you you know you got a little bit of learning to do anyway praise god thank you jesus hallelujah it isn't the kind of stuff i like to dwell on either i'm not a real big fan of L- lgbt lmnop esg wokeness but hey we're thrown in the middle of it and praise god for it because you know what keeps us on the edge of our seats praise god because we are getting real close to takeoff five four, three, two. Here we go. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and play this little snippet. I don't know how much of it I'll play. It's 18 minutes long, but I'm only going to play a little bit of it uh, so you can get a taste of what they're talking about. So while
6: you were all distracted, and while we are all distracted with the banks collapsing, the United States is moving closer to a war with China this evening. Over the past few days, the United States has ramped up its rhetoric and war footing with China, moving huge amounts of ships and weapons towards China and fleet. Moving a fleet there, which is great, great news. Uh, they delivered broad. Uh, they delivered brand new nuclear submarines as part of this deal with Australia. That's about to happen. And members of U.S. Congress are openly talking about war with China. And for the first time that I can remember, China is openly talking about the U.S. provoking a war with China, which China never talks about this. They never open their mouths about this. They stay quiet, but not now. As Arnaud Bertrand uh, points out from this Wall Street Journal piece, this is exactly what Xi Jinping had said. And Arnaud says, you know, to my knowledge, this is an unprecedented statement by Xi. So here's what Xi Jinping just said. Western countries led by the United States have implemented all-round containment, encirclement, and suppression against us, bringing unprecedentedly severe challenges to our country's development. And as Caitlin Johnstone reports this morning in a great piece, She calls and she has a she has a piece of called the drums of war with China are beating much louder now. And she really lays out what's happening. She says, quote, comments from both Washington and Beijing have suddenly become much more pointed and aggressive in recent days with talk about hot war now being discussed as not just a real possibility, but in many cases, a probability. So that's good.
7: What's a hot war? As, a, as a, opposed to a Cold War?
6: Well, actual, war, war. actual missiles are fired rather than the talk of missiles being fired, like a Cold War.
3: Hmm.
6: Members of the U.S. Congress are openly saying that we are now at war with China. Oh, yes. So I don't know if you know that, but according to our members of Congress who just got back from Taiwan, we are at war with China, so we better get prepared. Here's Representative Tony Gonzalez, who just returned from Taiwan, where we just sent a whole bunch of weapons. Watch. Uh, my first question is, is, for, is for you, General. I just got back from a trip from Taiwan. Uh, it's the second trip to Taiwan in the past 14 months. Uh, I spent 20 years in the military, as my good friend August uh, Fluger pointed out, our chairman pointed out. Uh, I know what war looks like. We're at war. I mean, uh, this is a war. Uh, it may be a cold war, but this is a war with China with the, the People's Republic of China every single day are invading Taiwan via their cyberspace. Uh, not only that, but the, the question I have for you is, in particular, your, your expertise is in air. Uh, I spent five years as, a, uh, as an air crewman flying against China. I, I know exactly when they come out and they, they uh, intercept our, our aircrafts. Uh, yeah, so he goes on. So I don't know. Who, did you guys vote for a war with China? Because I sure as hell didn't. Um, Do these people even understand what they're saying? The deep state is actively pushing for war with China as the U.S. dollar continues its downward spiral. Here's Representative Chris Stewart this week calling for the abolition of the one-China policy, meaning Taiwan is not part of China anymore, and that's enough to provoke China into a war that the United States will not win. Remember, the Biden administration's policy on this is there's a one-China policy. So here he is saying that there's now no no one-China policy anymore. Listen.
8: Um, we have this policy of strategic ambiguity, which has served us well for the last 30 years. But I wonder if it's not time for us to declare another policy, a new policy, and that is we will defend Taiwan. It's pretty clear the president seems to think that. Um, And I think if we're going to deter, again, understanding the, the need for strategic ambiguity before, but times are different now. If we're going to deter... I think we have to be clear in saying, yes, we will defend Taiwan militarily if we have to. Director, am I wrong? Uh, and, and has there been a change in the, in the administration's policy re- regarding ambiguity? So
1: I mean, let's just do that, no matter
5: the cost.
6: Let's just blow it all up. Let's just blow maybe, it all up. Maybe somebody, maybe somebody can help me out on this, but deter China from what? What is... In that, like, we need to deter China. Deter China from doing what? They're not invading. They're Um, not, like... No, taking over over economically. Taking over economically. That's, That's what we're trying to deter them from, is taking over the U.S. dollar hegemony. Although they won't come right out and say it, that's exactly... So they keep saying, they keep trying to pretend that China is trying to invade different places which is not happening.
5: Right, and the Wall Street Journal over the weekend published a headline that I I was like, are they kidding with this? How Beijing boxed America out of the South China Sea as if America <laughs> had some kind of right to be there and they built bases that we otherwise wanted, even though the Monroe Doctrine uh, prevents other countries from sort of surrounding Uni- the central United States. Um, yeah, I don't know. This sort of assumption that we wanted to be there, and they did not let us in yeah. their part of the
6: world. In their backyard, right. It's absurd. Caitlin Johnstone continues, and she brings up probably the most important point of this whole thing, which is that the United States is admitting that we would commit troops to a war with China. President Biden said this. Remember that he said this in that recent uh, 60 Minutes interview where the U.S. would use, send troops to defend Taiwan? Yeah. U.S. men and women would go to Taiwan to fight China. He said that. Um, and she points out in her piece, quote, a direct war between nuclear powers. The U.S. war machine is making it more and more explicit that its position on Taiwan is very different from its position on Ukraine and that it will directly commit American troops to fighting a hot war with China over Taiwan. This is especially concerning because U.S. military encirclement and provocations with Taiwan are making that war more and more likely in the same way Western provocations made the war in Ukraine more likely.
5: Although in Ukraine, the United States has resisted putting boots on the ground or at least admitting to direct involvement. In this case, um, I'm sure Zelensky is very jealous that he's like, wait a minute, you'd put troops there, but you won't come here? What did I do?
6: And, of course, we've always said since the beginning of this war in Ukraine that the real story is China. This is just a a playground. It's it's preschool.
2: CBS never did a simulation of, of a war with the U.S. and Ukraine. They did it in China. That, right. that whole, remember that? Yeah,
6: yeah, Meet the Press did their whole war simulation with China, how this would, it was a tabletop exercise. We have a group of experts on the show today to run a fake simulation with war with China. Like, really? NBC? Okay, thank you for that. We got our top experts, our military and intelligence state experts on TV to to, to run this exercise. So let's add in nuclear submarines on all of this now, because the United States yesterday officially announced that it's going to deliver its first round of nuclear submarines to Australia.
2: All right, now I'm going to cut it at that point. <clears throat> That's a 7 minute and 30 minute or 7 and seven 7:30 7 minute and 30 second mark now um they talk about aukus and uh that little deal where they're giving nuclear submarines or whatever they're going to build some and give them to australia
3: <clears throat>
2: and of course china's all up in arms about that blah 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 see now i don't see that as being a big deal i i personally it's just an antagonizer it's it's an and here's why not a one of those aukus submarines that they're talking about letting australia have has anything but a nuclear propulsion system. There are no nuclear missiles on those subs. All they have is regular standard traditional torpedoes blah blah blah. So they're really, you know, the, the it's really an antagonizer. It's something to make China more angry than they already are. And if you really, if you look at the map of the world almost like a game of risk, which I've seen them, by the way, recently, when they're talking about the United States provoking China, the United States moving machinery, moving uh, naval forces, task forces over, you know, that whole thing that we did with NATO. And have been doing with NATO now for the last, wow, like 10 plus years around um, uh, Putin and Russia, where little by little we've been scooting up a little tighter, little tighter, little tighter, little tighter, little tighter with NATO uh, military um armaments and fronts and military, you know, regimens uh, and equipment, that, you know, we've been moving closer and closer and closer to Moscow, more and more uh, European countries joining with NATO uh, for a while. Like it seems like forever, really. I mean, it's it's definitely been ten years plus, and it's been. And we, so we've been tightening the NATO squeeze, if you will, surrounding everything and everything and anything that, that is as Russia for years and years and years. Okay, and it wasn't until Russia said, "You know what? You guys are bombing and killing babies every single day, you Nazis," which they are. They're incredible Nazis. But you know what? The United States is Nazi too. The United States of America is very Nazi. It is supporting the rise of the Fourth Reich like nothing else that has ever been seen in, on the earth, ever, ever. There are books. <clears throat> I wrote an article back in 2010 about. It was entitled "The Rise of the Fourth Reich." Okay, then about four or five years later, another a book came out called "The Rise of the Fourth Reich." I bought it, started reading, it, and I was like, "Oh, I already know all this stuff," and I tossed it on my in my library. But now there's even another book that has come out recently that is entitled "The Rise of the Fourth Reich." Now, of course, they're talking about the global. He said they change the names around, they keep us all confused, slide a hand, look over here, look over there, look over here, look over there. Uh, nobody knows which way to look. Everything is confusing. Even Obama is quoted as saying that if we, once we get people to not trust any source of information, we have won the war, the, the information war. And he's right. And that's exactly where it's coming. It's getting to the point right now where the people of the world, as well as the people of the American public that have the intellectual capacity to be able to count the 15 without tripping up, okay, which is a very small percentage of the population, by the way, um, th- that they, 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 they're they befuddled. They're totally confused. They have no idea where to turn. They don't know if Fox is telling the truth. They don't know if CNN is telling the truth. And, by the way, you can watch Fox. And if you watch Fox, for enough of hours, they will conflict themselves. They will have one show come on, and they'll say this, that, and the other thing, and then a couple hours later, they'll have a completely different show come on, and they'll say something completely the opposite. And then the people that are watching it are going, what the heck is... Which which way is up? So they're all conflicting, and they're doing that on purpose. They're doing that on purpose. That's maybe why we're still, in, still doing what we do. Because we may be one of the, I, I, I don't even let myself listen to anybody else. I will never, ever do it. You can send me, I, I will hug and kiss you. I will send you emails and tell you, God bless you. I will pray for you. I'll, but if you can send me all the preachers out there that you want to send me links to, and I, one thing I can guarantee you, I'm not going to listen to them. Because I have an agreement with our Heavenly Father, and I stand by those agreements because I fear Him. And that agreement is he tells me what he wants me to know. And then, of course, because I'm human and we all see through the mirror dimly, I got a 20 percent at least margin of error. That's why I always have disclaimers. I always, when I came on with the radio show, the last radio show, where I was talking about the collapse of the bank, this could be the, the domino effect that causes the, the, you know, the, the consummation uh, and the completion of the third seal. Okay, I mentioned multiple times the last show and this show about the Pentagon releasing information about a mothership floating around and in, out in, in outer space. And we have the David Doetry vision. We got the Sori Park vision uh, of the rapture where a giant, round, uh, you know, copper-shaped, um, uh, gigantic mothership, is is seen on all the tvs across the world all right and all this stuff is coming culminating it's coming together it's coming to an intersection it's coming to an explosion of events and you know at the end of the day it doesn't really matter to me what somebody else says i'm not it's not like i'm going to block them they're willing to i love them i will bring on brothers and sisters in christ that have absolutely opposing opinions and i do all the time as long as they don't say something that i know is going to end up sending somebody to hell I will let them share whatever they want to believe, because it's okay. We can have dissenting opinions. There's nothing wrong with it, but we're not allowed to have contentions and dissensions. Those are called out specifically and explicitly in Galatians 5.19. And it says that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's not about heaven or hell. It's about your inheritance. So we got salvation, which is free, and then we got what we get through our works, which is inheritance and rewards. Get it? That's why Jesus said in Revelation 22, uh, verse uh, 1 or 2, he he says, you know, behold, uh, you know, I come quickly and my rewards are with me to give to each according to their work. So anybody that's out there tries to say, oh, he's preaching work-based salvation, all they're trying to do is make sure that you live in a pup tent the whole time that you're in heaven. Because works are extremely important to Jesus. Works are extremely important to God. That's why there are entire chapters of the Bible that are dedicated to works. Like 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 14, 15, 16, 17, where it says, your works will be tested of what sort they are, what sort they are. The word is sort, and that word is in Greek. The word means what quality they are. Not quantity, what quality they are. And then I have the testimony, which I have read on the air before. And by the way, I think, it's is it in Tommy Hicks' vision or where did I read it? I'm trying to remember. It doesn't matter. But anyway, where the guy was taken to heaven, and he was being flown by an angel over heaven, and and they were looking down together over all the beautiful men mansions and one of the mansions uh, there was a, a, a pastor of a church and he was out in, the, in his front yard and it was just so beautiful and they were both commenting to each other oh my gosh that is so beautiful it's so gorgeous the grass is so green and the plants and everything oh my goodness and and the angel turned to the man and said to him while they're flying over heaven and they're looking down at this guy the, the angel said the lord god did not give that pastor that mansion because he was a pastor The Lord God gave that mansion to that pastor because the way he prayed for other people. Our Heavenly Father rewards us as long as we're praying out of love, because remember, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where, where Paul's talking about love, he says, you know, you can give your body to be burned, you can, you can, you know, and everything, but if you don't do it out of love, it will profit you. That's the word, profit you nothing. You will not get a reward. That's what Paul's talking about. So that's why I constantly preach, and I bang it into people's heads, and I beseech you in the name of Jesus. The step number one is you've got to make the Lord your God your first love. Jesus is your first love. You've got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. That's the biggest, number one, most important commandment of all. And if you are not obeying the most important commandment in the entire Holy Bible, Where do you think you're going to end up in heaven? Where do you think you're going to end up in heaven? Heaven is not a flat plan field. Everybody doesn't live on the same street. It doesn't work that way. All of our houses aren't the same. Some of us get city mansions. Some of us get country mansions. Some of us get both. Some of, us, some of us get banished and pupped into some hill far, far away. Uh, come and visit me sometime. <laughs> Praise God. Anyway, hallelujah. So that's why I'm telling Sammy every time he comes to the show, I'm like, Sammy, come on, man. You got to like totally like, you know, remember me, man. You know, se- you know, send an angel over to fetch me or something so I can come and party with you uh, when you're cooking out and having some big old steaks. Because by the time we get to heaven at the rate that Bill Gates is going, we're going to be eating veggie burgers until we get out of here here, made out of bugs, a uh, la Klaus Schwab, all right, praise God, thank you, Jesus, now I'm going to play this next little audio bite, and this is a Dr. Uh, Stuckelberger, that is her, that is her la- last name, her name is Dr. Stuckelberger, and one of the reasons why I know that everything that she is saying is, first off, it's everything that we've been talking about, that the COVID-M-R-N-A um, have in them, and what the contents of the mRNA vaccines are designed to accomplish. Okay. And, um, excuse me. Anyway, so so she is tying it all together. You know, so we've, we've talked about the various, you know, the nanotechnologies and the, uh, all that okay that is inside them and that it's ultimately going to be used for mind control the last connector you know how 5g is going to ultimately need to talk and treat each human as a node and 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 it will be able to mind control and they'll be able to literally switch off people's chips which by the way was the same thing that was uh told uh to um Oh, now I'm going to forget. Uh you know, Aaron Russo, okay? So there is an audio bite. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but there is an audio bite. Now, Aaron Russo has since passed away, but he was the director of uh the movie uh called um uh, Oh, Bagnabit. See, I'm trying to remember too many things all at one time. Aaron Russo or SSO Uh, And he was, yeah, here it is. And he was uh, the uh, director of the movie with, um, hold on, I'm pulling it up. Early life, entertainment career, political career, death, uh, films, uh, Trading Places, Trading Places from 1983. So he was the director of the movie Trading Places, which was in, unbelievably popular, and um, and he was interviewed. He became friends, personal friends, with uh, uh, one of the Rockefeller um, uh, family members, and um, and they. They, loved, they They were buddies. They were buddies. They would go out drinking together, hanging out together, this, that, and the other thing. And the Rockefeller um, son had had said, and I forget, forget which one of the Rockefellers it was, and I'm not going to look it up right now. I do have the audio, but I could play it, but I'm not going to. But anyway, he said um, he, he, he told Aaron Russo that they're going to inject everybody with a microchip, and if anybody disobeys or doesn't do what they want them to do, they are going to turn off their chip they're going to turn off their microchip. Okay. So, uh, you might say, really? Well, yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna play Dr. Stuckelberger's commentary regarding the MRNA vaccine and its and the contents that are inside of it and what it will allow uh the the global satanic crime syndicate of Klaus Schwab and all the other evil entities from the Baals of Sheol, uh to be able to do to the human population. That is how far along we are into the end times timeline, all right, so let's go ahead and listen to this doctor speak about the uh contents of the vaccine
7: to so, you know what is in the job and what's going on with the five g You know the question that Pascal said ask astrid because it's very important yeah. uh, i I've been into one of the first ones to really read and uh, and said there is oxide graphene some scientists in in Spain professor Compra found you know, massive oxide graphene in nanoparticle in the jab in, yeah, graphene 2021. oxide, 2021. And then he made another report final in November, 2021. And then others made uh, like professor Arne Burkhardt made uh, a very scientific, really uh, in, in the lab of like a medical um, analysis of the job. And he did in front of lawyers, he said, this is a crime against humanity and he, he, he anybody jabbing this thing is, it's Pfizer, It was Bizer. Uh, is is a criminal, and he found ox- he confirmed oxide graphene. He confirmed uh, uh, parasites. He confirmed metal chrome That's nickel that Creek, should never the parasite,
2: be there. The Hydra, remember massively
7: that? nanoparticle. And then he also confirmed there is a RFID type of thing thing in in there. So he he did a very interesting move. He he took lawyers to say and to affirm. Now, there are others, and it's very interesting, you know, how we go in a creamy uh, scene. Uh, We we have one more element, one more, some contradictory, some not. A lot of people are talking of mRNA, mRNA, spike, mRNA. But they never really give the nature of this mRNA. And uh, two scientists started to do the whistleblowing, um, uh, Dr. Nagazi in Canada and Dr. Monteverde, and for me, that was a key to this crime team. And they said that to, for something to be biological, you need phosphor and nitrogen. And they found nothing like that in all the vials they saw, and it was confirmed again after. So it's not biological. What is in this little vial is not biological. So what is it? It is synthetic, nanotech, yes. and, and, and beyond. Maybe other things we don't know. Um, you see, I, I leave it open because we are in such a crazy situation of evil that we have to uh, be open so that we can stop and, and, and treat people. So, so now in the scientific community where I speak a lot, you know, in, in conference, I show the graphic of first question, is it biological or not? It's not. It's synthetic. It corresponds to what David Martin said. Uh, I should never have accepted those patents. They're all synthetic, not biological. Then you you start explaining, but if you explain mRNA, you have to define if it is synthetic or not. You have to say, is it a nanorobot you call mRNA? Or do you call mRNA the consequence of a causality, and the causality is something synthetic and like a robot, which I think that is. The mRNA spike is only an effect or um an element of this nanocircuit and nanotech, because it's not possible that spike protein is everywhere in the body after an injection. So it is the transporter oxide graphene. is like a, a flying carpet. I, I've made a report on that, flying carpet. And it's, um, you can put a genome, you can put a parasite, you can put a bacteria, and you can code it, and it mimics the code of a molecule because we have the codes of molecules with uh, Dr. Ben-Vivis in um, France. And Professor Montagnier tried to steal all his uh, findings, and then he got killed. You know, so we know that biocoding exists in 50 years, but it's become very sophisticated now. And they can send this biocode to the oxide graphene, the terahertz. It can stock, you probably know that. It, it, It can load the data up to terahertz, and it can send it. And so it is like computer. Bill Gates is perfectly suited, you know, with his engineers to develop this with DARPA. Uh, So so we know this, that this can take control of the mind and of the body. And I invite everybody who has not seen this fantastic video of uh, Dr. Charles Morgan of DARPA. And he's teaching on YouTube, the military, how oxide graphene can take command of someone. On the other side of Earth, through Wi-Fi, and it's called Psycho Neurobiology and War. I don't. You've seen it.
2: Psycho Neurobiology and a
6: War. Another a speaker event for a few that can make it. Today we have Dr. Charles Morgan to talk to us about uh, neuroscience and psychology and a whole a whole gamut of things. Um, right now he is a professor of national security studies at the University of New Haven. Uh, his focus is teaching uh, national security studies, domestic and international intelligence uh, analysis, and issues in deception. Dr. Morgan is developing a concentration in the human aspects, intelligence analysis, and psycho- uh, psychological operations arenas that are relevant to the intelligence community. Um, he has a pretty robust background with military folks doing research at Sears School, helping with selection processes for Special Operations Forces. Uh, Etc. Cetera, et cetera. So, without further
8: ado, I will hand it off. So, what I would like to talk to you a little bit about today is something I was asked to do in 2010 and 2011. Um, I was getting ready to leave over at the CIA, where I'd worked for a number of years, and the Intelligence Science Board said, "Could you give us a brief on what's in, what's in store for us in the future?" I was like, "I don't know. Predicting the future is really hard." Um, So I told my boss at the time, I said, well, I think the best I'll do is make an estimate over what I think is going to happen in the next five years, uh, given certain technologies that were being developed at the time. And this is a bit of an extension of that. I presented to the SSG, and uh, it was some information I think some people didn't know, and I think it's good for people to be aware of what's going on out there. The, The one thing that makes predicting a little bit of the future easier when you look at biomedical science is that labs are working fairly systematically with overtly stated goals. But the really fun part was that you're taking over somebody else's physical body with the mind of another human. So what do you think would be the next step? You follow medical research, you say you can make a robot move, you can make a human hand move, um, what would you do next? You say, wow, they're getting brains connected to run things You I have to begin to think either like doctors or like, uh, you know, security and intelligence people, right? Can you actually send and receive sensory information? Like the Matrix. Dr. Ventner's work is my my view the equivalent of the development of nuclear weapons when you realize uh, that he created life in a cell back in 2010. I don't know if people are familiar with his work, but this technology paired with something called CRISPR, which is like an editing software for genes, makes a number of things immediately available. What he did is he programmed yeast cells to produce anything he wanted. They can produce perfume. They can produce petroleum. They can produce any peptide, anything we program the DNA to do, and it's in the living cell. So in medicine, the goal in medicine now is to be able to do Uh, designer medicine and therapy, if we can design a cell to get into your body and release the right product for you, you won't be losing half the drugs you take through your liver when you swallow a pill and it gets digested. These can be inserted into you through the hypospray needles, almost like Dr. McCoy on Star Trek giving you the hyperspray. It just blasts now plasmids into your squamous cells but uh, Ventnor was able to do that and has the patent on the technology, but you can engineer anything. You can engineer a unique thing that would only kill one person in the world. You can engineer a unique thing that would only kill one person in the world. You can engineer a unique thing that would only kill one person in the world.
2: All right. <clears throat> you can engineer a unique thing that would only kill one person in the world. Well, what say you that we tie this all together, <clears throat> with the actual Aaron Russo testimony about him and his friendship with Nicholas Rockefeller back in the mid-80s. Here it is. And if we have learned anything from history, it is that power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. This is Aaron Russo, a filmmaker and former politician. To his left is Nicholas Rockefeller of the infamous Rockefeller banking and business dynasty. After maintaining a close friendship with
8: Nicholas Rockefeller, Aaron eventually ended the relationship, appalled by what he had learned about the Rockefellers and their ambitions.
4: Uh, I got a call one day from um, an attorney woman I knew, and she said, would you like to meet one of the Rockefellers? I said, sure, I'd love to. And uh, we became friends, and um, he began to divulge a lot of things to me. So he said to me one night, he said that uh, there's going to be an event there, and and out of that event, you're going to see we're going to go into Afghanistan. So we run pipelines from the Caspian Sea. We're going to go into Iraq to take the oil and establish a base in the Middle East. And we're going to go into Venezuela and, and try and get, and get rid of Chavez. And uh, the first two they've accomplished, Chavez they didn't accomplish. And they uh, said so you're going to see guys going into caves looking for, <laughs> looking for people uh, that they're never going to find. You know, he was laughing about the fact that you have this war. On terror, there's no real enemy. He's talking about how by having this war on terror, you can never win it. Because this is, so it's an eternal war. And so you can always keep taking people's liberties away. And I said, how are you going to convince people that this war is real? He said, but the media. The media can convince everybody it's real. I mean, you know, it's just that you keep talking about things. You keep saying it over and over and over again. And eventually people believe it. You know, you created the Federal Reserve in 1913 through lies. You create 9-11, which is another lie. Do 9-11, then you're fighting a war on terror. And now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie. And now they're going to do Iran. You know, and it's all one thing leading to another, leading to another, leading to another. Now, I would say to him, what are you doing this for? What's the point of this thing? You have all the money in the world you ever want. You have all the power. I said, you know, you're hurting people. It's not a good thing. And he would say, what do you care about the people for? Take care of yourself and take care of your family. And then I said, so what's the ulti- what are the ultimate goals here? Said, the, ultimate goal, the ultimate goal is to get everybody in this world chipped with an chip RFID chip and uh, have all money be on those chips and everything on those chips. And if anybody wants to protest what we do or violate what we want, we just turn off their chip.
2: All right. So if anybody complains or protests or don't like what we do, we just turn off their chip. That is a testimony of Aaron Russo from the mid-80s after befriending Nicholas Rockefeller. Mid-80s. Now, what's this meathead from the DARPA, the Defense uh, 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 Research Project Agency, what's he saying?
8: Let's hear him again. needles, almost like Dr. McCoy on Star Trek, giving you the hyperspray, it just blasts now plasmids into your squamous cells. But uh, Ventnor was able to do that and has the patent on the technology. But you can engineer anything. You can engineer a unique thing that would only kill one person in the world. You can engineer a unique thing that would only kill one person in the world. You can engineer a unique thing that would only kill one person in the world.
2: Hmm. That's interesting. Let's see. 1985, 1995. That's 10 years. 2005. That's 20 years. 2000 and. 15, that's 30 years, and now we're almost to 2025. That'd be 40 years. And now they're injecting the substrate that can be controlled by 5G technology with, uh, you know, graphene oxide, and as that woman put it, you know, some kind of a bio critter, <laughs> okay, <laughs> which we already know is that, 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 oh, God, the... Um, uh anyway, it's it's just out of control. And I'm tired so I'm not gonna try to remember. It's the Hydra, you know, the Hydra thing. All right, so it and gosh knows what else is in there? And there's probably a whole bunch of more stuff. And you might you might wonder where a lot of this technology is coming from, and I'm gonna tell you straight up, I'll tell you where it's coming from. It's coming from the fallen angels. The military industrial extraterrestrial complex is extremely real extremely real. These guys are not that ingenious. I'm just going to tell you, they're not as ingenious as you think they are. They're getting this technology from the deep underground military bases, the operations, Dulcie, some of the other ones, I don't know what all the names are. Maybe Brother Robert can grab out a piece of paper while he's listening to this and write down the names of all the different underground bases that he's been to. Tell us a little bit about it. But they're getting this tech from the aliens, Or if you'd prefer, the fallen angelic beings that are working for Lucifer. Or, I'm sorry, Satan. Oops, I'm sorry, the dragon. Whoops, I mean the devil. Oh, darn, maybe it's the Pindar. Oh, my gosh, maybe it's Klaus Schwab. Hey, it could be Bill Gates. What if it's all of them? What if it's Obama? What if it's the whole, you know, when you think about it, there's one more audio bite I want to play for you. Actually, one one and a half more. This one here is just so darn good. I just wanna, I'm gonna play it for you because that it is just that good. The only thing that you're gonna have to deal with is that in the middle of this guy's rant, which it is a rant and it's a very highly accurate rant, um, he tries to sell gold as well. So you'll have to listen to the gold, you know, advertisement in between while he's telling the truth about what's going on with the banking stuff. All right, so let's listen to this. And um, by the way, uh, the is it the book of Ezekiel? Yeah, I think it's Ezekiel. It says they will throw their silver and gold out into the streets because it will be worthless. And you know what? Once they create central bank digital currencies, just like this very kind professor from DARPA mentioned, um, it ain't going to matter. Cash will be worthless. Oh, I simply must go do a bank run so I can have $15,000 in cash sitting in my wall safe and then I'll be all right. No, you won't because they are going to make it illegal. Personal ownership of gold in 1933 was made illegal by the federal government of the United States. But nobody remembers. Nobody remembers because we're slugging fluoride by the gallons, I guess. But anyway, never mind. The Bible says what the Bible says, and the Bible's not incorrect. The Bible is absolutely correct. They will throw their silver and gold into the streets because it is worthless. All right, never mind if you pull out a gold coin when you're standing in a line full of hungry, starving people. What are they going to do? Kill you. Okay. Anyway, let's listen to this. This is actually well done. All right, I got to scroll down to it. Unfortunately, this website is just so... Just gushing with advertisements, but that's A right. World
9: Economic Forum insider has been caught boasting that the Silicon Valley bank crash was an orchestrated plot that went perfectly to plan, and the crash will have a domino effect on the banking industry, leading to a global financial meltdown. It's been a crazy few days for the banking industry, specifically for Silicon Valley Bank and its shareholders, as it went from supposedly stable and solvent to closed down by the regulators in the space of just over 24 hours. And it appears the domino effect has begun already, with Signature Bank in New York closed by regulators citing systemic risk. Anyone who thinks the SV Bank collapse was a coincidence has not been paying attention to the details. The hidden hands at work here have left their fingerprints all over this one, and when it comes to this amount of money there are no coincidences. Meet Joseph Gentile, an executive at SV Bank. Do you know where Joseph Gentile worked before he was at Silicon Valley Bank? He was the Chief Financial Officer at Lehman Brothers, which was the largest bank to crash in US history. That's one hell of a coincidence, but it gets even worse. Where do you think he worked before the Lehman Brothers? Do you remember a company named Enron? Enron was an energy company based in Houston, Texas, and a Wall Street darling in the 90s. Do you remember Enron getting shut down in late 2001? Enron was the biggest bankruptcy in U.S. history and the biggest audit failure. The founder and CEO were sentenced to 24 years in prison. And it just so happens that Joseph Gentile was at the helm of all three companies before they went to the wall. And unlike his colleagues, he has never faced justice. The mainstream media want you to believe that this is just a coincidence. But there are no coincidences. Mainstream Twitter users are joking that Joseph Gentile is just really bad at his job. But they just don't get it. There are no coincidences, and Gentile is really good at his job. He and others like him are doing the bidding of the global elites, and they are being richly rewarded repeatedly, while ordinary people are being robbed blind. The drama in the banking sector and the collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank has a lot of Americans concerned about how to protect their money. The People's Voices partnered with our friends at Goldco to help you get started in adding gold and silver to your portfolio to protect your savings from the global crisis. Visit tpvlikegold.com now. It's a smart play, trust silver me. Gold and, silver, and gold. silver has been a store of value for thousands of years, silver and they have always held their value. The US dollar me. lost 85% of its purchasing power <laughs> since 1971, silver when the central banking cartel ripped all of us off by doing away with the gold standard. We chose GoldCode because on they are the least of the record. Rated plus by the Better Business Bureau, with, with thousands of five-star tickets. reviews. And if you're quick, you can get up to $10,000 in free silver <laughs> when you open an account. If this TV guy wasn't saying so much now, incredible, all I guess, a push towards global government that's being camouflaged and cloaked in humanitarianism, multiculturalism as well as manufactured threats such as global warming and pandemics in order to condition the population into accepting globalization and a one-world government. In order for this to occur the global elite are planning to create a global financial crisis the likes of which the world has never seen. Out of the ashes of this financial crisis will rise a phoenix of a new international economic order. The public will be told that this new order is the only way to stabilize the world economy and save what little remains of their wealth. And if we've learned anything from the manufactured crisis that was the Covid pandemic, the mainstream masses are likely to fall for the deception, hook, line and sinker. It will be our job to educate the masses and stop this great deception from succeeding. Subscribe to the People's Voice and join our locals community.
2: All right. So anyway, he does an outstanding job, but he wants you to sell you silver and gold.
8: (laughs) Oh my God, come
2: on, man. You think they're going to let – you know, if if, if the federal government outlawed outlawed personal ownership of gold during the Great Depression, what makes anybody think that they're going to allow personal ownership of gold? You know, there's no place to hide. I used to tell people while I studied the uh, Argentina – I think it was 2002, Argentina uh, financial collapse. And I have really, 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 really studied World War II Germany. And um, the Jews, you know, that were under heavy persecution in Berlin and different places, Poland, they would would have these like little hidden, hidden hiding places inside the walls of their homes where they would put like a little stash box with cash in it because cash was the only thing that worked during the the financial collapse of Argentina. And this was a real financial collapse. This is horrible. A lot of people died. It was absolutely horrible. Uh, I think it was back in 2002, but I'm not sure. Don't hold me to that. And you don't have to, like, send me an email and go, you were off by two years or whatever. Just who cares? At the end of the day, I studied it because I wanted to know what would be the smartest thing to do. If I knew that, that there was going to be a global financial collapse, what what would I want to do? Well, the Bible tells me not to worry about silver and gold because they ain't really worth anything. Then I knew that the the Jews under Nazi persecution would hide cash, and that's how they were able to eat. And I knew that studying the Argentina financial collapse, the only people that were able to eat then, because the ATM machines all stopped working really fast, were the people that had cash stashed inside their walls or whatever the places or under under a mattress or whatever. So it was cash that was king. Cash is what fed their families, and the rest of them starved. Well, with uh, central bank digital currencies, cash will be disallowed. There won't be any cash. It'll be a cashless society, so you can whip it out all you want. Look at all this cash I have, and they're going <laughs> to you're funny. You're a funny, funny guy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, and by the way. Uh, another lesson that was learned was that cryptocurrencies are absolutely meaningless because cryptocurrencies, believe it or not, while you cannot tell what the person is buying with the cryptocurrencies, the cryptocurrencies are upheld. <clears throat> they are upheld in the banking system. Okay, They don't live and float around in the electronic ether on their own. Okay, you know, you understand what I'm saying. Cryptocurrencies require the banking system and the electronics that supports and the infrastructure that supports the banking system to be there to support the cryptocurrencies. You get it. So when SVB bank went down. There was a lot of loss in the cryptocurrency market. It was basically proof positive that there is absolutely no safe place to put your money. And if they're going to replace everything with, you know, uh, central bank digital currencies, and it's the only way you're going to be able to do anything anyway, and, they're going to, and, and the whole wide world, they're not going to be, they will refuse to accept anything else. What option do you got? I'll tell you what option you got. You got trusting God to put miracle food on your. Well, first, getting yourself right with the Lord, falling in love with our Heavenly Father, making Jesus your first love, spending unbelievable amounts of time in prayer, praying for the lost, praying for yourself, praying for, the, for other people, um, which should be the most important thing in our entire lives, the most important thing in our entire lives. If we are not residing in the secret place of the Most High with an intimate, 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 intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father, deeply in love with Him deeply in love with our lord jesus singing songs to him T- you know lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of prayer praying for the lost father in the name of jesus i pray for the people in the ukraine i pray that you will send angels into the dreams and visions i pray that you will send angels into the peoples and dreams and visions in the land of the sudan in turkey all across the world where people do not know you father it says in job 33 verses 14 and 15 uh you know the lord speaks once yea twice but man perceiveth it not in a dream in a vision of the night when deep sleep falls upon man he saves our souls from the pit and seals their instruction hallelujah prayer is everything to our heavenly father it's everything but first you have to love him with all your heart all that prayer comes out of your heart out of love and then you're right with god and then you can look forward to the barley harvest hallelujah And maybe you won't have to sit there, you know, and put an empty pot on the stove, on your gas stove that's been disconnected because, you know, after all, natural gas is evil. Um, And uh, set it on the stove and pray over it with your family standing around it with your laying hands on the pot and saying, Father, we trust you. We love you. We're hungry. We cannot eat. There's no way we can unless you love us back. And we trust you and we're going to bed. We're believing that you're going to take care of us. And you go to bed, you fall asleep in trust. You believe that God's going to take care of you, and you'll come down that next morning, and that pot is going to be full of food. I know people that have done this, and it's, and, and, and it's happened to uh, pastor David Ebal. Uh, you know uh, the favorite pastor of all of my sister Marilyn and Paula. Okay, they used to go to his uh, Bible training. So did my mom, and I. I had a, a puppy love crush on his daughter Rosie Eball. I was only six years old. You know what did I know? But she came walking down the stairs in her little white dress, and I was like, I was, I was like, you know, hearing like you know <laughs> puppy love songs. And her and I, they had an elevator in their house, Park Avenue and. Uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, Rosie and I used to sit side by side and, at uh, Grace Chapel and watch everybody receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit when I was like six and seven years old. When I'd go over to her house, it, she uh, the coolest thing is they had a real pinball machine down in the basement. We'd play pinball. And then, of course, they had an elevator that would go all the way down to the basement and up to the third floor of the house, and we'd ride up and down the elevator, up and down the, elev- up and down the elevator, up and down the elevator, up and down the- while my sisters are sitting on folding chairs and David Ebaugh is preaching. Well, David, there were times when David Ebal didn't have enough money to feed his family. More than once, I guess. I don't know. Uh, You know, I don't know every little detail, but he put an empty flower vase, or some of us say vase, some of us say vase, but it was a, you know, meant to hold flowers. It was a vase. And he put it on the piano in his living room, and um, uh, they would pray over it, and then they'd all go to bed. And the next day to go downstairs, thing be full of cash. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I mean, that's how I was born and raised. Those are the kinds of miracles that happen around me all the time. Praise Jesus. Anyway, on that note, um, we're going to bring on Brother Robert Vandrias Mitchell here in a second. But i got to play this one last little tidbit bite because it's just too funny to not play it. But uh, this this uh, national press secretary person is, uh, it, it, you know, she's uh, talking to a man by the name of Paul Keating at Sky News uh, through Sky News Australia. And she's asking him, why aren't you upset about the uh, about China, you know, and, and, and about the United States giving through AUKUS, you know, the the uh, the nuclear submarines to Australia? How come you're not upset? And, and his answer is absolutely priceless. Braceless. Here we go. Let's pull this up.
6: Office, what makes
4: you so sure China isn't a military threat to Australia? Because I've got a brain.
2: Principally, I know I can think.
4: We're in office. What makes <laughs> you so that. sure China isn't got military got a military threat to Australia?
1: Because I've got a brain.
2: Principally, I know I can think. Because I've got a brain. Principally, and I can think. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, is that a rare talent nowadays. God bless him. <laughs> All right, and on that note, let's bring on Brother Robert Vandreas Mitchell. Here we go. Uh-oh. Thank you, Brother Robert, for hanging in there. How you doing, buddy? Maybe he fell asleep. Robert, are you there? He was having some Internet problems. Uh-oh. Well, if we're not hearing... Here, I'll turn it off and turn it back on again. Let's see. All right. I'm going to turn it back on again. Brother Robert, are you there? Robert? Hello? Do you think he could have fallen asleep? Let's see. What time is it over in uh, Great Britain, Wales? Dun, 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 dun. No, it's only a, a little bit after 1 one a.m. there. It's not. matter of fact, if he's in Wales, it might even be a little bit earlier than that. Robert! I have his microphone turned on, but I don't hear him. He was telling me, I will tell you this, he was telling me before the program started, he said... Um, He was saying, uh, so I'm going to leave his mic turned on, and maybe he'll be able to get reconnected to the program, and we'll be able to hear him. But right now we cannot hear Brother Robert, so hopefully he's hearing me. Um, I hear, like, electrical jiggly sounds. I hear a little jiggly sound.
3: Robert, are you there?
2: Do you hear that? Did you hear that? That's like a Robert sound. He's like jiggling wires and going, I know I can get this working. I know I can get this working. (laughs) Well, while Robert's jiggling wires, I'm going to go ahead and read this to you. Rhonda Santis administration yanks the Hyatt Miami liquor license for hosting a drag queen Christmas with kids present. How about that? All the while, our favorite, uh, This is said tongue in cheek, by the way. Our favorite president, tongue in cheek, um, is uh, bad mouthing him and calling him names like a three year old, because that's what Donald Trump does. Okay, and you know, I'm like, and and then then newscasters Mm -hmm. are interviewing Ron DeSantis, and they're saying how come you never say anything bad how come you never do this and he's like that's okay you know people can say whatever they want to say i've got a job to do i'm serving the constituency of florida you know and here he is actually yanking the liquor license of a hyatt miami hyatt for having a drag queen christmas with kids present and i'm like and awesome. The number one thing that would bother me about him kicking Trump's butt into the next dimension in the uh, Republican uh, presidency, which sadly would not happen because there's too many people who think that Trump is a manifestation of Jesus Christ, um, but is that he would be leaving Florida. Robert, are you there? Yes, I'm here. I'm not sure if you can hear me. Yeah, I can hear you now. What do you think about all that all right. stuff we just played?
10: great, right? especially the Australian, which I got a brain. Finally, someone does <laughs> the understand that I got a brain. Because I'm, go- I'm, go- I'm bright. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it is so amazing that people seem to think how we are, spreading the world as America as being the school bully, and we think we can bully uh, Russia around, we can bully China around in their own backyard, and and then to think that they will not uh, stand up against it—it is—it's such an insanity and. Yeah, people, I wonder how many Americans realize that America has been the school well, the school bully over the last 20 years around the world. Because, for one, the, the 9-11 was a self-inflicted uh, operation against its own country in order to fight, to make Muslims fight against Christians. And, of course, that didn't work, thank God. Then we invaded Afghanistan and of course uh iraq especially with the so-called weapons of what was it again the weapons of mass destruction but never existed any longer so, and then we had all the uh color revolutions from 2007 but the latest that the biden government want to uh, implement in russia and thank god uh putin has a very massive uh, patience because if I was Putin I'm not sure if I had that patience with this idiot of Biden but and his cronies and then now and of course now uh, Biden that want to start a war with China well it was I think in 20 yeah last year
2: Oh, we lost your audio there, Robert. Plug it back in, man. We all need a, we need to take a love offering for Robert and get him a new headset. <laughs> Robert I can I can hear him. You can hear him, can't you? Jiggling wires, right? Robert? He's there. I just know he is. I'll be coming. Let's see here. Oh, a uh, fair is a veritable Schmorgersbork, orgesborg orgasbork, after the gates have shut each night. When the lights go down and can be found on the ground all around, oh, how a rat can glut. Melon rinds and bits of hot dogs, cookie crumbs and rotten cotton candy, melted ice creams, mustard driplings, moldy goodies everywhere. Robert! Lots of popcorn, apple cores, banana peels, and soggy sandwiches, and gobs of gorgeous cook to gobble at the fair. Robert! Robert! Can you hear me now? Oh, There he is. There he is. He popped in. He came in from Planet pop Art. Are you there? I am here, yes. Can you hear me now? Yep, we, we can hear you. I, you switched over right, your horizon okay. circle. Yep, yep.
10: I have to change now from uh microphone. So uh but yeah uh, what I said, uh if America had to fight a war right now a physical war, we would lose completely because our stockpiles in any form of weaponry has completely depleted. It will take ten years to fill everything up or not to mention uh, the, the companies cannot even work hard enough to replenish what we have given away to uh, the Ukraine and other countries. So it is such an insanity with uh, with, with Biden, uh, not to mention if China will, China don't have to fight because they control all the exports of the making of goods. So they can literally close down all the uh, all the goods that come into America, not to mention they can stop all the, the boats from leaving uh, ra- leaving China to the U.S. So if necessary, uh, China can starve the U.S. to death. If it comes economically, without even without uh, yeah shooting one bullet. So. I it's such an insanity what Biden and his government are playing their games. And they're now playing it on two fronts at once. They're playing against Russia and now all against China. And I got the feeling what we see with the banker crash is in part uh, a distraction, in part. And the second part of it is that they're planning for the near future to create and to push through their digital currency.
2: Well, absolutely, Hello? and then if you think about it, yeah, and I agree with you, and and then, um, you know, you were saying that China could starve us, and I'm like, well, you know, they're getting all this help from Bill Gates, and you know, like everybody else, you know, the Klaus Schwab, and and all, and I mean, come on, look, look at all the, I mean, H5N1 stuff, and like, I don't even know, I mean, what, how many, how many millions and millions of poultry, chickens, Turkeys, cows, milk has been dumped out, baby formula has been dumped out, how many um, egg farms have been burned to the ground through arson, how, um, You know, food processing facilities, meat processing facilities burned to the ground through arson, it's, it's, what is it now, what's the magic number, how many? what's the count, is it 30, 40, 100, it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, it, it's it's unbelievable, uh, you know, so, I mean, and I'm sure it's really the tip of the iceberg. I mean, what we know about the food supply um, disruptions and intentional uh, food supply facility arsons that have occurred over just the last year is practically, I mean, maybe two years is innumerable. I don't think you can count it all. I don't think we have a record of it. I wonder if there's a place out on the internet that um is keeping keeping score that has like because I know there's a place out on the internet that that actually tracks animal kills, okay so if you want to know how many animals are killed, you know how many whales have been beached you know in twenty twenty two or whatever or how many dolphins have you know died or you know whatever uh how many birds you know gazillions of birds have fallen from the sky. There's a website that is like dedicated to tracking animal kills and fish and poultry and whatever, uh, any type of animal kills for years and years and years and years. Now the question is, is there a place out on the Internet right now? And I do not know the answer to this question. I mean, if anybody's listening to this program, even if it's a podcast or whatever the case, my email is jbaptist777 at com. If you want to help serve the Lord Jesus Christ in whatever capacity we're attempting to do on this program, please do if you know of a place that is keeping a tally of all the places that have been burned to the ground. It's arson. And then we've got the testimony of the farmers. Okay, we had, uh, I don't remember how long ago this was, and it would be extremely difficult to find the articles, but there were uh, something, I believe they said 10,000 herd or head of cattle had dropped over and died. I believe it was, I think it was northern Texas, perhaps, but it could have been uh, one of the Midwest states. But uh, while everybody was saying, oh, it was because of the cold snap, they were saying, oh, it's because it it, you know, there, there was this big you know, Arctic freeze cold snap that came down from Canada, and that's what killed 10,000 head of cattle. But they actually had somebody on the scene that was there with the farmers, and the farmers told the reporter it wasn't the cold. The farmers knew that someone poisoned their cattle and killed them. And so, you know, I would love to know if there's a place out on the Internet right now where they're actually tracking all this stuff. Because they're bringing about pestilence. They're bringing about famine. They're bringing about all the things that Jesus warned us about. They're making it happen. Yes, they do. Right before our eyes, you know?
10: And then there's another aspect. And we just saw how moronic, those idiots are of the Illuminati, not realizing that they still play by God's rules uh, when the New World Order will rise. Because originally it was planned for around the year 2000 uh, and the rise of the Age of Horus. But they don't seem to realize that God, who knew, who knew what was uh, going to happen, uh, put it counterbalance. Especially because God also
2: Uh oh, Robert dropped. That poor guy, he told me just before let's hope he calls back in. Um uh so let me see if I can think of some more songs I sing. That was uh that was uh, uh uh from Charlotte's Web the uh the rat that <laughs> sings this song about the fair. Oh, let's see. I'm, t- I'm tired, man. It's been a long day. Uh, hopefully Robert will call right back in. He he was telling me over uh, Facebook Messenger that his uh, little, I don't know what they call it. What do they call a town in Wales? A town? <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, um he was telling me that they were having terrible internet problems, and he kept on saying over and over and over again. Of course, I'm 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 trying to attend meetings at work, but I can hear my phone, go, you know, making its special little sound that I'm getting a, you know, Facebook Messenger message, and that's what Robert uses. You know, I got I got to have every messenger in the world loaded up on my phone because everybody uses something different, right? And so, I'm like. And he's texting me over and over again telling me about cascading multiple internet outages that they've been having in this – is it a town in Wales? Is that what they call them, town, borough, village? What do they call it? But anyway, wherever he lives in Wales, the Internet was just dropping out like crazy. So anyway, um, and the thing about it is, you know, I see he's dropped off the phone line here. But that doesn't mean, I mean, if his Internet is down, then um, I won't be able to even Facebook him uh, because he won't be able to answer. Down Internet means down. Down, boy, down. Please keep... Me under your prayers, so that the internet net stays running. That is the last thing he just sent to me <laughs> before coming on the program. All right, please keep me in your prayers yep, uh that our internet stays running um yep and tu, 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 tu. yep, yep, that's what he said. I'll see if I can get it. This is absolutely silly. As much as I under, you know, I'm, I'm a techno geek, and the very fact that I'm saying Robert, Robert over Facebook Messenger, <laughs> as if he's going to, like, answer back. <laughs> I'm feeling kind of tired and dumb right now. But anyway, so let's take another look. No, he hasn't called back in yet. Oh, man. Yep. Yeah. Looks like his internet went out, so first his microphone, then his internet. Well, I guess he might have had something important to say because it looks like forces of darkness man i I can see Klaus Schwab right now with his Darth Vader outfit standing behind this curtain, you know, pulling all these levers, you know, uh <laughs> you know, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain.
1: pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's Clash, our 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 uh, our lead fearer, uh, <laughs> until they give uh, Obama a name under National Sec- Security Directive Number Fifty One, for the continuity of government. Yeah, so I mean, but I I think that was kind of eye opening to be to play the little audio bite. Matter of fact, I wonder if that's still on YouTube. I I I got to believe they took that down a long, long time ago. Long, long time ago. Oh, American pie, that's what I'm thinking. All right, hold on a second. Aaron Russo. Um, Aaron Russo interview. Let's let's try this one. Let's see if that pulls it up. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, Carriers, Rockefeller, Madness, or Manipulation. Okay, now here's Aaron Russo.
0: Aaron Rus- Russo was an American entertainment businessman, film producer, and director, and political activist. He uh, was best known for producing such movies as Trading Places, Wise Guys, and The Rose. Later in life... He created various libertarian-leaning political documentaries including Mad as Hell America, Freedom to Fascism. After a six-year battle with bladder cancer, Russo died on August 24,
3: 2007. Oh, wow. Early
0: life, Aram Russo was born in Brooklyn, New York, in 1943. Growing up on Long Island, Russo worked for his family's undergarment business. Entertainment career in April 1968. Russo opened the nightclub Kinetic Playground in Chicago, Illinois, originally naming it the Electric Theater. He booked numerous prominent rock groups and musicians at the club, such as The Grateful Dead, Iron Butterfly, Jefferson Airplane, Janis Joplin, Led Zeppelin, Rotary Connection, and The Who. In addition to owning his own nightclub, Russo managed several musical acts throughout the 1970s including The Manhattan Transfer and Bette Meidler. Russo then moved into producing and directing movies, six of them receiving Academy Award nominations and two receiving Golden Globe Award nominations. His final film would be America, Freedom to Fascism, a political documentary critical of the Internal Revenue Service in the Federal Reserve System and warning about the coming of the New World Order. Political career Russo became involved in political issues in the early 1990s when he produced and starred in the documentary entitled Mad as Hell in which he criticized the North American Free Trade Agreement, the federal government's war on drugs, the concept of a national identity card, and government regulation of alternative medicine. In 1998, Rousseau took his political interests to a higher level, running for governor of the state of Nevada as a Republican. Placing second in the Republican primary with 26% of the vote to candidate Kenny Ginn, Russo later endorsed the Democratic nominee, then Las Vegas Mayor Jan Loverty Jones, who would eventually lose to Ginn. Russo was planning to run again for Nevada governor in 2002 as either an independent or libertarian but was sidelined by cancer. In January 2004, Rousseau declared his candidacy for the president of the United States initially I as an when he independent, but then as a libertarian.
2: I wonder, I don't At know the exactly Libertarian National
0: was. Convention in May 2004, Rousseau received 258 votes to Michael Badnarik's 256 votes and Gary Nolan's 246 votes, short of the majority required to receive the presidential nomination. Russo would eventually lose the nomination on the convention's third and final ballot to Badnarik by a vote of 423-344. On February 14, 2004, Russo gave his full endorsement to the Free State Project, saying in his letter, "I encourage my fellow libertarians and all freedom-loving Americans to consider joining the Free State Project." In 2007. Russo created the political grassroots organization, Restore the Republic, to fulfill the political ambitions laid out in his final movie documentary, America, Freedom to Fascism. Regarding the organization, Russo said his goal was to try and get the word out to the public about what's happening to America Euro, and give them an opportunity to try to change things. Death on August 24th 2007 Russo died at the age of 64 of bladder cancer at Cedars Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles references external links America freedom to fascism
2: Oh well it's only got about one minute left and it's not going to talk about his, his uh his meeting and hanging out with Nicholas Rockefeller and I don't know when that was all i know is that uh uh trading places was 1983 so who knows somewhere along that journey of many many years he started hanging out with nicholas rockefeller and that's when the rockefeller nicholas gave away the the secret formula for controlling mankind and if we get any problems with anybody we'll just turn off their chip and you know think about it if, it, if it's not for if it was if it is not for the graphene oxide in the, in the injections, the 5G towers that are going to be needed to talk to all, you know, because it's going to alter and mind control everybody. Um, I, I explain to people how networks work and nodes. The reason why they need the 5G is because they, there's too many people. You know, every single person that's walking, you know, if you walk down, let's say you go to Washington Square in downtown Manhattan, you look around, there's probably like two or 3,000 people standing around talking, you know, flying kites, doing whatever they're doing. Well, th- they need cellular towers that can treat the human body as what's called a node or an endpoint, okay, a node or an endpoint. And the problem is that the 2G, the 4G, all that stuff, it doesn't have the capability because not everybody's using their phone all the time. Uh, You know, phone usage is intermittent, okay. Now, a phone in the background might be downloading some email, might be you know, whatever. Uh, there might be a little bit of uh, you know, minor data transmission going on in the background as your phone is updating things while you're walking down the street or heading to the Starbucks. But at the, but at the end of the day... At the end of the day, um, you know, you're, you're hold on a second, Alexa reminder, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But at the end of the day, uh, not everybody's using their phone at the same time. So in order for them to have a technology that is robust enough to be able to control human beings worldwide, okay, through this graphene oxide interface and this strange Hydra creature, who knows what that's all about, uh, you know, and who knows what all, um, uh, you know, to the point where that dark uh, doctor who is commenting on, you know, being able to flip somebody's switch and, you know, they, you know, and killing an, a single individual. I mean, that meets to the T the requirements that were are the specification that uh, Nicholas Rockefeller uh, testimonially gave or anecdotally told, uh, you know, Aaron Russo. Okay, so and and who how how long ago was that? We don't know. Was it in the nineties? Was it in the early two thousands that that meeting occurred? You know, we don't know. Seems to me that it would have been prior to him uh putting out the documentaries uh that were uh that he was w- well known for t- trying to warn the world population about the rise of the new world order and the ultimate destruction that we're seeing taking place around us right now. Right now. It's all happening, every bit of it, every bit of it, second seal russia, third seal, the Red Army, behold a red horse, the Russian flag, when you look at it, has a oh saint saint is it saint Nicholas is not saint Nicholas, its saint Michael? But anyway, with a big sphere, and he's jabbing this sphere and killing this reptilian being from, a, from the top of a white horse. It's right on like the, um, the flag of Russia, you know, with, with, the, with the coat of arms of Russia on it. Couldn't be anymore. I mean, the Red Army, behold a red horse. God gave the rider of the red horse a sword to go out and kill with and all that. You know, look what's happening to us. LGBT, LMNOP, woke, 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 libs of, you know, libtards of TikTok or whatever it's called, you know, all this creepy weird stuff. Do you know how much wokeness was going on at Signature Bank? Do you know how much wokeness was going on at uh, at uh, uh, Silicon Valley Bank? Do you know how much wokeness? Is going on at all these facilities. The risk, the manager of risk management for Silicon Valley Bank, her primary job was to sell wokeness. She was very proud that she was a off-white Latino homosexual, okay, and she was very proud of that, and that was her job. Obviously, it wasn't risk management. Anyway, and then to find out later, of course, that that guy—I forget his name—and I don't really care what his name was, but we all heard the testimony that the same guy that orchestrated Enron. I used to work for Anderson Consulting, and the spinoff from Ant- when Anderson Consulting split—it was—it was originally called—it was—it was Arthur Anderson and then it split and it became Arthur Anderson which was the accounting firm and Anderson Consulting which was the uh technological consulting firm okay and then uh um uh uh The technological consulting firm, Anderson Consulting, then right at the time that I left, I mean literally within less than a year after my departure, spun off and changed its name and became what's called Accenture. Okay. And then in the meantime, you know, life went on and next thing you know, I'm putting up a website in 2009 called Tribulation Now. I meet some guy named Zen Garcia that thinks we were we existed before <laughs> before Adam and Eve. And I thought he was crazy. And the Lord showed me that uh, he wasn't. Neither was Troy Pugh. Neither were any of these people. Doctor Jerry Lee. Amazing man. Ah, oh, I wish he wouldn't have insisted that I go to Edmund. Uh, Edmonton, or whatever it's called, it's in near Alberta. It's in Alberta, Canada. Ed, Edmond or Edmonds, or whatever it's called. That's where he lived. He wanted me to come up and hang out with him for six months. I'm like, dude, I gotta work a job. <laughs> you know? I don't have like six months of vacation. I can come out and hang out with you and stuff. But anyway, then he passed away. Brilliant man. He wrote the book. Um, I think it was. I think it's entitled The Chronicles Before Genesis. And if you can, you know, the the footnotes are amazing in that book. They really are. Truly amazing. But the majority of the chapters of the book are like so far above my head, I can't. I mean, I'm like I can't, you know. He did tell me that uh actually he didn't tell me directly, he told me through Kenneth that he had uh been taken by the Lord or by one of the Lord's angels or something to Arcturus. Where it says in the book of Job, "Can you guide the sons of Arcturus, sons of God, located on in the star system Arcturus?" I wonder if there's a planet in the star system Arcturus that's called Arcturus. I don't know. Can you guide the sons of Arcturus? Can you loose the belts of Orion, where the where the portal is located in the Orion Nebula, that leads to the eternal realm of the Creator? Can you loose those belts of Orion? The reason why we can't loose those belts is because that's God keeping us in this hologram, in this containment zone. We're trapped here. This is a prison planet. We're not from here. We never were from here. We are the original aliens. (laughs) Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. So anyway, thank you all for joining us tonight. And if you're listening to a podcast, thank you for joining us wherever you are, whatever part of the world. Tonight is Wednesday, March the 15th. It is my 61st birthday. And I, to this moment in time, am still receiving text messages from various people saying, I hope you had a happy birthday. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't even really want to answer. You know, what am I going to say, right? Sure. Sure. I had a happy birthday. My leg didn't fall off. Some of my hair is still on my head. Robert got disconnected. Whatever. And I've got some strange mystery meeting already scheduled for Monday to keep me tossing and turning all weekend long. And if it's, oh, I hope it's not what I think it might be. Oh, well. Anyway, I'll pray about it. Pray for me, please. Pray for me, please. Because I'm just trying to keep the lights on. Thank you, Jesus. Until, until we get out of here and help every one of you make the barley harvest. Because believe you me, if you miss it, you're going to know. You're really going to know why I've been harping on it so much. And by the way, that's not high frequency active auroral research project, Harb. That's you know, bugging you about it. Because you're not going to like what's left. You're not going to like where you are. You're not going to like any of it. You're going to wish that you had made the first watch. And that's why I bug you, bug you, bug you, bug you, bug you. There's a whole reason I started doing this in 2009. Which, by the way, I had to explain to my estranged wife was in tears when she was telling me that she did not see God the same way that I – now, she's come a long way because guess what? It's over 10 years since she left me. But at the time, back then, she didn't see God the way that I did. She didn't understand why I looked at her in tears and told her I had to do the website, I had to talk to the people I had to send out the emails i because i I couldn't not i i I loved them she didn't understand that, and i told- I showed her all the stuff that was going on around the world. I played the testimonies I played every d v d that Alex Jones ever created, and every one of them has come true every one of them. And David Ike, Confessions of a Mother Goddess. When I played David Ike's Confessions of a Mother Goddess, that's when my estranged wife, who is now my friend, always has been. I've known her since she was 14. We still talk almost like every day. And she told me that that was it. The reptilian thing was the last straw. She watched all the other stuff, but when she saw the reptilian thing, she was like, okay, that, this, you've lost your mind. And now she sees all the stuff happening around. She sees it. She sees the videos. She even sends them to, to me. <laughs> She's actually a source of information for the radio show now. How ironic. Praise God. So, again, it's Wednesday, March the 15th. I am now officially 61 years old. I was born in 420 a.m. or something, four, sometime around the early, early hours of the day, and I really don't care. I don't care that it's my birthday. I do thank all of you who have been so kind and wished me a happy birthday, but you know what? When you get to be over 60... A birthday's not really all that, you know. You're not like going, Yahoo, I'm sixty one or Yahoo, I'm you know, you're getting you know, it's it's kind of like almost a sad day. <laughs> okay, you know what I mean? I mean it's like I mean, what do you what do you do? What are you celebrating? You're celebrating like, Oh, goody, goody, I get to live another year and my back needs you know, my back is gonna hurt more and my legs are gonna hurt more and it's gonna be harder to go up and down the stairs and I'm you know, and oh it's like you know, and it's like no. <laughs> no. You know, I don't know anybody, you know, the only people that I know that are over the age of 60 that like their birthdays are people that, you know, these moms, you know, that have all these kids and grandkids and they're like, oh, goody, goody gumdrops. They're all going to come over and celebrate with me and I can see the grandkids and, and bounce them on my knees and yay. And I'm like, you know, but the rest of us are like, what? ever. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It is 9.42 uh, uh, p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon. The great God bless you all. We will see you this Friday at 7 p.m. And I do indeed mean Lord willing.
1: Changing your perfect in all your ways in no And any kingdom that has
3: ever
8: ruled. I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory.